Hello, and welcome to episode 106 of Flicks in a Six. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Costanzo, with me forever and always, the man, the myth, New Windsor, Alessandro Bielsi. Say hello, Al. Look at us. Who would have thought? Not me. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> On this week's episode, Spider-Man, Ant-Man, the Batman, what we're watching, other news and nuggets, some hot takes from the spin tune, all before diving into our flick of the week, Zombieland Double Tap. But first, Al, what are we drinking? Sorry, I, I, that Paul Rudd clip has really resonated with me, and I felt like it was <laughs> particularly fitting since we've had an unprecedented run of, what, three straight episodes? Four straight episodes? Mm-hmm. Four straight episodes with guest hosts? Yeah. N- nothing like it ever been before. I don't know if we'll ever have anything quite like it again. I've really enjoyed our guests these last few weeks. Yeah, it's been fun. But it's nice to get back down to what the show is all about, you and me. The double tap? Yeah, exactly. Perfect. Yeah. Full circle. (laughs) But we nailed it. We could just go home now. Yeah, no, that's it. Or sign off on account of we're not actually somewhere else. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This week, we're drinking, courtesy of of Flicks and a Six superfan, My Cousin Mike, uh, thanks, Mike, for providing thanks, Mike. Us this beer. Uh, it's a Captain Lawrence beer, um, which is up in New York, about 45 minutes from where I live. Um, it's Powder Dreams. It's a New England-style IPA. It's dry hopped with Amarillo Lupulin powder and Citra hops. Now, that was the thing I knew I was forgetting something. I <laughs> got distracted right before we started the show, and I was going to look up what that exactly means. Amarillo is a really... Well-known hop. Uh, okay. Common in pale ales and IPAs. Um, Amarillo Lupulin pow- powder, though, I'm not 100% sure what that means. I'm mm. guessing what it means is Lupulin is one of the main ingredients in a hop that contributes to hoppy flavor and aroma. Okay. So I'm guessing this is like ground up and distilled bits of like powder sure. of that instead of having all the attendant alpha acids, beta acids... And the physical hop, you know, foliage. Right. <laughs> so I'm guessing that's what it is, but I've never heard of that in a beer before. I'm curious. Let's that. go with that. Yeah. You're a local expert, and he says it's so. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to assume that's what it is because it's straightforward enough. I've just never heard of the, of this specific distilled down substance before, which is... Al, I think you should just keep talking about it so that I could smell the beer forever. Yeah, right? I mean... Uh, you were, I know I was distracting you before when you were trying to do a sound test, and I opened the beer very carefully and quietly, cracked open the can. <laughs> it's a pint, of course. and Naturally. And I mind. still can't 100% breathe. I've gotten back probably like 60% of my ability to smell things, and it felt like it, like, <laughs> like the, the effervescence like rocketed up my nose, and I was like, ooh. Oh, man. It smells delightful. It really does. And I, and I, can I can't wait smell. to try this. I can't wait any longer. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, yeah. Oh, Mike. Oh, yeah, you did good. You sly devil, you. You done real good, Mike. <laughs> you done good. Oh, that is... But I mean, it's easily two thumbs. Oh, absolutely. This is going to um, be, I'm thinking, for our Flicks in a 6, it's FLI 6 uh, on Untapped. I'm thinking this is going to be a 4.5, maybe even a 4.75. This is damn good. My cousin... I endorse I endorse 4.75. This is nice. Yeah. My, this uh, is real nice. I try not to go that high. We've had a couple of 4s and 4.25s. I, th- I can't remember if we've done a full 5 on, uh, like, um, Heady Topper. It might have been. 
I try and keep mm. anything 4.5 and above super rare on our thing because we love so many beers. Um, but there's been a couple that have been 4.5, 4.75. Well, well, here's the thing. This beer, 4.5, very cold. I think when it warms up a little bit more, 4.75. Oh, this, you want to revisit in like 10 minutes? Once we're I want to revisit in 10 minutes, yeah. If I'm not done with it, I would <laughs> like to revisit in 10 minutes. Um, the exciting thing about this is for as much as we love this one, if you notice in your fridge, we have another Powder Dreams that's dry hopped. It's in a black can. It looks exactly the same. Oh, thank God. I didn't grab the wrong one. <laughs> well, that's why I sent you the picture rather than just say it to you because they're both called the same thing. Uh, or, okay. sorry, this one's the dry hop one, I guess. The other one isn't dry hop, then, I guess. Um, because it's it looks exactly the same, but black instead of white on the can. Okay. And it says all the same powder dreams, like any IPA, but one of them says dry hop, one of them says, doesn't say, I'm pretty sure. Is that one also from Mike? Yeah, he gave me both of them. What a gem. Yeah, he, he, he made his contribution to Flicks and a Six, so... He's appreciated. I think he's done that as like his peace offering, so that, <laughs> so that we don't bother him to come on the show again. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't know. Oh, I I thought he was buying his way on two more times. You know, two more beers, two more times. I mean, that's the way that we can take it because we already said we were going to kidnap him. Was Whatever route gets before? us more things like this is the way, is the way that he can take it. <laughs> <laughs> this is the oh man, this is I. Uh, would you say? Not to would you say that this confused. is a delight? I was gonna yeah, not to be confused with fan and thread. This beer is a delight. I love the I love uh, the, the I love the can art too because it's like a very like yeah. it's like sunrise. It's like white puffy clouds. Powder dreams. It's pretty perfect. Yeah, it's 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 wonderful. It's a, it looks like snow covered mountains. Beautiful. I know my uh, also, my my cousin, one of my other cousins. Um, he um is a huge beer fan. He brings me all of his fun, um, rare beers that he finds on his travels. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, recently had to start. You know, reciprocating because I haven't been doing a good job of that. Although I did, I did make him a batch of beer that he loved, so I feel like that counts for something. Yeah. But you know, he also paid me for it. What um, kind was that? That was the um, Belgian Wit. Did I get to bring you half of one of those? That's an odd question. Well, no, no, because <laughs> I, I made him a batch of fifty and it yielded fifty-one. I had one to play with, and I, I think I brought it and we oh. split it. It would have been. Is that is that the beer that's in your bottle that that's sitting in my garage that I'm not sure where it came from? No, no, or is that no, no, we, we would have drank it. Oh no, we didn't drink it. That's what I'm saying. I couldn't remember. I I had one, and I couldn't remember if I brought it to share with you or if you had it while you were here. Because it would have been early this year. Because I think I, oh, I delivered him no. the batch like in February or something like that. So. Gotcha. No, I didn't. I don't think I got to try that one. Um. Well, I'm going to be making that again, actually, probably this nice. week. So Mike, check. Mike keeps checking in and telling me not not cousin Mike, uh, brother-in-law Mike keeps checking in and telling me that the beer that you made him is fantastic. So nice, well done. He's he's a big fan, and he's a, he's he's giddy with the prospect that it's an entire case and that he he's not going to run out anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell him he's welcome to buy more if he wants. So that's good. We'll do. We'll do for sure. Man, I can't get over this. This is delightful. Well, anyway, I, <laughs> I'm very I, happy. I, with I it. gave I gave one of these to my other cousin Dan, um, who's given me so many good ones. I have a couple in my fridge. I'm really excited for. I tried one of them on Sunday. It was an Allagash, like special release. It was Ooh. it was a golden ale aged in bourbon barrels. I think they what they did nice. was they took their golden ale, mm-hmm. they aged it in bourbon barrels. Then they made I'm listening more golden ale. <laughs> <laughs> and then they mix okay. the two together. Okay. It was 
so damn good. I love that style so much that I'm pretty sure the next batch that I make for myself is going to be a golden ale because I really enjoy those. The the way that you so listeners the way that Al demonstrated that was he had uh he had the one hand as he was describing it and the other hand he said and more golden ale and then he put them together and it reminded me of an episode of Friends where <laughs> where Monica's making jam and Joey is just super into the jam. He thinks it's so good. He can't get enough of it and he's like basically having an orgasm while he eats it and monica goes joey serious question sex or jam and holds up each hand and he goes put those hands together <laughs> and that, that's what your little demonstration reminded me of. well obviously you and i are both very italian and mm. we speak with our hands and i think that i have honed the technique of properly syncing up the motion of the hands to have value with it rather than just just for sure wildly yeah 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 i hear i hear we should what we should do is uh since this is the audio we should have a video portion that we release and cut the audio out of it and then you can get it however you want you know you can oh we can listen and watch (laughs) i was say we could do like a um like a like you know one of those like word match things where like yeah we cut up portions of the video and portions of the audio and see if the listeners can match them together. Yes. That would be cool. Yes. We have to give off some sort of prize, though. It would probably be an Al's Ale. That makes sense. Like, whoever it's submits a... to us first, all of them Relatively... properly matched, gets an Al's, Al's Ale. <laughs> Relatively low overhead on that one. Yes. That's, that's a good price. I like it. I feel like it's fair. Let's make this happen. Let's get into some news and nuggets. Okay. Um, you know what? Before we do that, though, I just want to say, yeah. I, it felt right to give a good long section of beer talk, because I feel like in recent weeks, probably because we're we kind of cruised right over it. Yeah, we've, we've given it short shrift, I think probably just to incorporate properly our, our guests. I'm glad sure. that we, we gave the beer its due. Also, this beer earned its due, you know what I mean? Yeah, we, I mean, we also had a couple of situations where, uh, uh, on one of the episodes, I didn't have the beer. <laughs> on another <laughs> episode, somebody wasn't drinking the beer. On another episode, you had to split the beer, and that's no fun for you. Mm. Uh, on another episode, it was Brian, and and he doesn't love beer, but he likes it enough. It's hard. It's hard. I could spend the rest of my life trying to pin down all of the little idiosyncrasies of Brian, and I'll never succeed. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's not meant to be a criticism in any way, shape, or form. It's just a fact. He it just is, keeps things interesting. He's a thoroughly unique human being and i i appreciate would you say that he's a wild card yeah he is the charlie day wild card (laughs) i could totally see him in a bolo tie and a 10 10 gallon hat jumping out of the back of a van it's just like i mean we so we we write a lot of articles for the for the spin tune i write the fewest of all of us uh that's because i've constantly get hung up in, I want to do them, and then I get hung up on other things. I have a feeling that the opening is real now as I start to churn some stuff out, so you might be seeing that soon, sooner rather than later. Specifically, Brian, like two days ago, when you're listening to this first, listeners, because we're recording this on a Tuesday, and Anthony's long-awaited rant on PCs is going to be out Wednesday, <laughs> and this will hopefully be out Friday. So yeah. it'll exist on the Spin Tune site. You should check it out, because I think, as... The kind of de facto editor-in-chief of the site. I believe strongly that this is Anthony's strongest work to date. Um, I appreciate that. I I very much enjoyed your rant on PCs and why they drive you insane, specifically (laughs) when you're trying to play games on them. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, it, it's a. Uh, I, I was get. I got real heated when the when the situation broke. Uh, that I actually needed to take a step back. Otherwise, that would have been a lot of rambling and not coherent. I would have just been anger. It probably would have been in all caps. And I know some of that came through anyway. Yeah. But it would have been worse. No, but I thought you were judicious with it. And what I liked about it was, yeah, like, it could have just come off as this absolute screed that, like, is just, like, singeing your face off and you're like, okay, this isn't actually interesting to read. I thought that you paced it well with, like, kind of rise and fall of your rage and, like, determination to get it right and, like, be, I appreciate be that. patient. It made it. It made for a compelling read. You're right. It could have just been all caps, and it would have, <laughs> it would have turned me off. Like I would have finished the job because sure. it's my job, but I wouldn't have liked it. I, That's I, fair. I enjoyed my time I spent with it. Well, I, I like to hear that. Uh, but getting back to why Brian's a wild card, he'll be like, "Man, I, I'm I'm having a little bit of a block right now." It's like it's okay, Brian. You still have like three articles on deck, like that you that haven't been published yet. And then all of a sudden, he's like, "I wrote ten more." It's like, "What? Is, what?" Yes, I love when I get five emails saying Brian submitted drafts to the Spin Tune, and yeah. I was like, and it's like, it's like one fifteen on like a Tuesday night, and I'm like, Jesus Christ! <laughs> well, he sent us that one picture of him writing one laying on the floor in the hallway. Yeah, on hardwood floor. Drinking which, scotch? Which I, I would lose... Yeah, I think so. I, um, nice. Some sort of whiskey. And I think I yeah. would lose feeling in my hands after about 90 seconds if I wrote in that position. Because I'd be, like, propped up like Sphinx-like. Oh, yeah. I can't do that. No, he's a, he's an odd bird. But uh, we love that guy. He also, yeah. has, he also has a rant article coming out on Monday. Yeah? Yeah, it's the, yeah. his Fortnite rant on, like, why he can't get into Fortnite. So if you I'm, love I'm... or hate Fortnite, check that out. I've been like I, I I've known about this one sitting in there, but I purposely haven't read it. I'm waiting for it to drop so that I could read it on the site. <laughs> Actually, this is gonna be our best run of front. Listen, guys, if you listen to us, whether it's your first time or if you listen to us repeatedly, check out our site. We don't always do great work. It's okay. Oh, hang on. Uh, Spintune.com. Yeah, Spintune <laughs> probably helps to mention. S P I N C H O O N dot com. That's S P I N. Tune. <laughs> well, you know, I do wonder sometimes because you know, neither of us is like like perfectly elucidates all of our words, like enunciates sure. all of our words. No, that's, so it's, that's fair. It's you know, we do have to spell it occasionally. But if you've never checked out our site before, check it out because we have some really good stuff for our own relative skills, at least. Because none of us is professional writers. Right. We've all gotten better since we started. Um, Anthony doesn't always massage his writing muscles as often as he should. Um, I go through horrendous bouts of writer's block, um, and Brian is just a machine, just firing away from the hip. I love it. Um, it's it great. Keeps, it keeps me on my toes. But I, I think this may be our best run of things coming out, because Wednesday was your rant on PC gaming PCs, and then Thursday's my first ever retro review in our series. Very, of very excited to read that. Did you, did you need me to edit that, or no, 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 on no, that? no, no, it is okay. done. If anyone else touches it again... It's, it may never make it. To, I've already written, rewritten, edited it, re-edited okay. it. Um, and, but, like, I've done... I've, I've not touched it since, like, Thursday of last week. And I will not touch it again. It's scheduled to publish, so I don't even have to look at it again. Because I don't want to tweak it anymore. And, like, I, I feel like it's, it's achieved its best possible form. <laughs> it, is a, it is a retro review. A review on something that is near and dear to my heart from quite some time ago. Awesome. I hope everyone will check it out. And even if you don't aren't interested by the subject matter... It's one of the best things I've written for the site. Um, and Brian's rant on Fortnite was pretty solid, too, coming out on, on next Monday. So I think that that's his best around. We pulled off the trifecta is what you're saying. Yeah. Um, it's, it's been a while since we've had all three of us post 
in a row in the in the week yeah or yeah within a seven day period With, yeah without like someone doubling up um so that's pretty cool and, and you got some yeah. more things coming around because you've had yes sir some time for writing i guess uh yeah i'm off this week so i've okay. that i've been uh, making the most of it i uh wrote an article i've got at least i've got two more i would like to get through definitely getting through one of them uh before the end of the week and uh doing all sorts of projects i mean, making making the most of my time fixing, I, uh, fixing your broken fence uh no the fence is not is not fixed making uh, ridiculous the tree making some ridiculous cuban sandwiches th- those cuban sandwiches were delightful uh the tree is uh is now all chopped up and in a pile nice not the tree the tree branch uh, it looked like after, a whole tree it looked like a whole tree it probably like on its own it could have been a whole tree i didn't realize how big it was until i was really up close to it especially after i cut off all the small branches and then lifted it and went oh and realize this would easily kill three people if it landed anywhere in their vicinity. <laughs> and um, yeah, so that's that's all cleared out. Uh, shed's cracked. That's not great. So I'll be fixing oh, it that. Hit the as, shed. It did hit the shed. That'll that'll be fixing that as part of as part of this week off. I uh, I set up my the pegboards in my garage. I finally organized all my tools. It's only been three years, uh, but now I know where saw? everything is. I bought a new saw. The saw is fantastic. I need see the thing is I I was like I kind of want one of these and I was like I really need to cut some wood to make this frame. It's the perfect time. Yep. <laughs> and then I, so uh, that was a the pegboard cost a lot more than it needed to because I bought a saw. Um, but yeah, that's look. Garage is starting to look good. I, I actually know where my things are now. It's great. So yeah, I could be more productive. That's good. Fantastic. Um, but with, yeah, with, yeah. With more articles to come. What else is coming up on the spin tune? Uh, um, well, I think that's it. I think we got it out all into one big... Oh, other than... Well, that's the big things coming up on the Spin Tune. Right. There's one big thing coming up from the Spin Tune. That's right. All three co-founders of the Spin Tune. Um, me, Anthony, and Brian will be, hopefully, on Friday night, live streaming Death Stranding. The game that we've mentioned a couple of times. Batshit trailers, if you've ever looked... At any of them it just looks so freaking weird. <laughs> it looks weird as shit. I've been reading some reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, they are all over the map. Oh, yes, they are. It sounds like it's very much depending on what your mileage is of the material involved. I am intrigued. I think I was right in the sense that I was a f- felt like it was the type of game that I'd be afraid to actually buy and play myself. Sure. It just sounds like entirely too much. Yeah. Yeah, I, I hear you. I, I think you're, you're probably right. I'm hoping that with the three of us having opinions on it, it'll be a little bit like a Three Bears type thing going on. Uh, I fully expect Brian to hate it. Oh, really? Uh, I think you're going to be somewhere in the middle, and I'm hoping to land... While right now, I don't think it's going to be this way, I'm hoping to land on like the... This is the... Like, I'm going to enjoy this, uh, but... See, I feel we'll like see. I love the idea of it, but yeah. doing it sounds tedious. It sounds almost like a chore? Yes. Yeah. Like maintaining a PC? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm with you. I, there's only one way to find out. Yes. And uh, hopefully we'll do that. So anyway, we're going to stream that hopefully Friday night. I don't know what time yet. If you follow us at the Spin Tune on Twitter, we will be tweeting out a link to the live stream. It's probably going to be bad. But it's probably also going to be funny. So kind of like this sure. show. It'll be alcohol. And just piece. generally our site. Uh, hopefully we'll be full of our steak and our beers. God, I hope so. Um, we also have we have a Twitch account already set up. We've only done one video on it. It was a live stream of the NFL draft between me and Shafe. Um, <laughs> the Twitch account is you guessed it, the Spin Tune. 
Um, so check out our Twitter account for news, because if we're not going to live stream it because it's not working, we will let you guys know. Exactly. Um, will the Spin Tune Sports Show be making a, a resurgence? I sure hope so. Okay. There's been a lot of things going on in me and Shafe's life for the last six months. That's fair. I'm just curious if it's on the radar. I would. I very much would like. It's to on say. hiatus. It's been on hiatus for a bit. Got it. I okay. feel like maybe within the next month, if my life could get more organized, <laughs> I could find a way, hopefully, to bring it back with a rotating cast of characters, which was my nice. hope originally over the summer when the hiatus first started out, and right. we kind of started doing that. And then I kept having people drop out on me, so it didn't happen. Because I'm not turds. intrigued by, I'm not intrigued by listening to one voice doing a show, whether it be radio sure. or podcast. Yeah, I prefer conversations of two or three people. I, I, I I'm with you most of the time, except for Bill Burr. Sometimes Bill Burr just gets me, and I could listen to him ramble for a while. Well, yeah, like on on a on a given topic or for a, a period of time, like can a one person rambling be fine? Yeah, sure, but yeah. I like it better as a conversation as opposed to a lecture. It's just what interests me, and so because that is what interests me, and the one person format doesn't interest me, I'm not interested in doing it because the whole time I'm thinking. God, if I was listening to myself... You're going to be inside your own head. Yeah, Yeah, I'm thinking the whole time, if I was listening to myself on my own, I would get bored of this. Yeah, I hear you. So anyone else listening to me is probably bored of this. And that's probably not true. I mean, at least I hope it's not true. Like, we have people who listen to this show. Right. Um, But because that's how I feel internally, it it could just be insecurity. But it's just because I'm not interested in the format that I don't feel like carrying out that format long term. I could do an episode that way. It's not something Mm -hmm. I'm interested in doing long term. No, that's fair. Um, before we dive into more news and nuggets, I just want to do that 10 minute plus beer check-in. Uh, I'm on the 4.75 turn. This is Oh, amazing. that's what we're going to do? <laughs> yeah. Usually I do my best guess on what the kind of consensus score would be between the two of us. Because I don't really consult you on the scores. I just try no, to that's say, fine. oh, I loved it. He really liked it. You know, so I would say maybe 4.5. He might say a 4. So let's go 4.25. You know what I mean? Like that yeah. sort of thing. What but, I'm saying is you have, you have my... Uh, I'm giving you the go-ahead. If you so desire to give it a 4.75, wouldn't argue with you on that. Okay. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm going to go back and forth between 4.5 and 4.75. It's going to be one of those scores. Either way, it's it's better than most beer. It Moving sure on. Uh, why don't we... Uh, what, what, are we, what are we watching? Oh, so what we're going to do this fully backwards. We're going to do the nuggets yeah, and I, the notes before the news. That's right. I like this. Turning the whole convention <laughs> upside down. I've only got three news. Okay. And they're I, all very small with limited details. Um, I basically the same thing, and I'm guessing at least one of those things will be the same thing. They're like three nuz. <laughs> nah. Um, okay. What are we watching? Um, well, the the next thing I am working on writing for the Spinchoon, I will preview very briefly here, is a review of season two of Jack Ryan, or it's now branded as Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan, on Amazon Prime. Um, nice. I'm nearly done writing it. It's going to come out on the Spin Tune site next week. So we'll, re- we'll remind you next week's episode. Very cool. Uh, for all the love and care that I put into my retro review that's coming out this week, um, I do not feel not nearly so glowingly about <laughs> season two of Jack Ryan. It's <laughs> oh, man. The TLDR on this whole subject for me to you is I was really hesitant to watch the first season of the show. Right. Because, as I've mentioned a few times on this show, I'm a huge fan of the Clancy novels. 
Um, mm-hmm. Specifically, the actual run of fully Clancy novels of the Ryanverse, starting with, well, I guess chronologically starting with um, Red Rabbit. And I don't. I'm not loving Ryanverse. I don't know. It's just kind of the, <laughs> you know, viewers universe. The Ryanverse is just kind of the yeah, thing. That's fine. Starting chronologically with Red Rabbit. Oh, actually, I guess technically it would be without remorse would be the chronological first one. Starting with without remorse and going through to the teeth of the tiger are the ones that were written by Tom Clancy during Tom Clancy's life alone, uh, following um, Jack Ryan and then his attendant followers throughout the, the, the whole thing, like Ed Merrick mm-hmm. Foley, John Clark, Domingo Ch- uh, Chavez, all of those guys, and eventually Jack Ryan Jr. and the Mancuso cousin, or his cousins, the Mancuso brothers. Um, those stories, I love them. And I even enjoyed most of his collaborations and a couple of the posthumous novels that had come out. The not I haven't read the most recent ones. Um, so I have a lot of reverence for the source material. And I go into mm-hmm. it very briefly in the beginning of the review. My feeling on the character being brought to the big and small screen um, in which half of the movies do a pretty damn good job and half of them do a horrendous job. Right. Um, and so I was really hesitant to watch the first season. I finally watched it a few months ago because I knew the second season was coming out and I kind of hit a lull in other things I was watching. I ended up really liking it. I thought they did as good of a job as you can making that character onto the screen in a modernized version, not doing a recreation of the Cold War era Jack Ryan, doing a 20-teens version of what Jack Ryan would be. I thought John Krasinski did a really good job of playing the character. I really liked the first season. I would say I would give it roughly a 7.5. All right. Solid. And then in the second season, they completely took everything that worked about the first season and threw it in the trash. Oh, no. There was not nearly the Clancy level of detail, attention to detail in the first season, but it was pretty good. And now this is just like a broad, like, because like a, a large part of my, like, the review that I wrote is just like he would literally be rolling in his grave watching like what like the some like the script for the second season is like I just don't get it. It was like not nearly again the level of intrigue and thriller that Clancy's writing was in the first season, but there was a fairly intriguing story with some subtlety and nuance, well-rounded characters, not just the main character Jack, but the secondary characters, even some of the tertiary characters aren't completely one note. You get little bits mm-hmm. of, like, well-rounded for the minimal screen time they get, even though they're largely almost plot devices to, or, like, you know, foils to reveal more about Jack. Sure. It's organic. Like, it doesn't ever feel forced. It, it, it's a pretty well-written first show, and it's very well-acted. The, the villain, despite being very obviously a villain, <laughs> has a full character arc from the Is he beginning. one of those guys that comes on screen you're like, that guy did it. <laughs> Well, yes, kind of, um, though they do play around with that a little when he's introduced. But the point is, when you see his whole plot, you're like, oh, yeah, this is a terrible dude. Um, but on the other hand, it evokes some empathy for you because you get his whole life story and you're like, okay, strongly disagree with you, but I understand where you're coming from. Like, mm-hmm. you're a bad dude. Need to be stopped. But okay, I get it from your perspective. I get it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, None of that in this new season. It's, it's just a generic shoot 'em up for most of the this yeah. season, and not a well written one. It's now the the one plus is they trade in 
the, the that subtlety and nuance for bigger action set pieces, and they're well choreographed. So that should be a bare minimum requirement if that's what you're going to sell your soul for. Right. But it's just so generic. And that's ultimately, on top of that, they kind of ruined both. Not It's twofold, my irritation, because I tried to take a step back and say, okay, if I was just someone who watched the first season, not mm-hmm. taking what I know from the character from the books that I love, they it's still not good in the second right. season, what they do with it all. It's well, I was going to say, what you mentioned, it's, it's funny because I, I feel like a lot of times you'll talk about the show, you'll talk about things in this vein, and it's your, it, because you love the source material, you ha- you're, you're a very harsh critic on it. That's fine. But you're, the things that you're saying immediately up front that are bad are just... It just sounds like it's just bad TV. It is. So, <laughs> that sucks. So, like, I, it wasn't a terrible season. I was interested enough in it, but, like, it's just fine. It's it's average. Like, I, I would say, like, a five and a half, six for the second it, season. I feel like that's it's it just feels like that uh, Amazon Prime's TV or, like, their, their Prime originals and stuff, it's just there. Like, I... I like, I love, there's a show on there that I love. I love The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. But, like, I almost completely forget about that service and that I have it for very long stretches of time. Oh, yeah. The last, I hadn't watched anything on it in months before I started watching the Jack Ryan show. That's funny. I, I, for whatever reason, most of the stuff just doesn't interest me. There's been a couple of yeah. things where I'm like, huh, maybe I'll check that out. And then I don't. And there's been a couple of things where I'm like... I'm not going to ch- like. I'm actively not going to check that out. I want to hear from the Amazon Prime super fans. There's, there's a, there's definitely a contingent of folks that just like devour everything there is on Prime. I have Prime. to imagine there's people who, when the Man in the High Castle first came out, just loved it. And I've heard good things about the show. I haven't got into it mostly because like when it first came out, Same. a couple of seasons happened. I didn't have the service yet. Right. So I, it's one of those things where like I'm like, oh, I might check that out. And I, mm-hmm. I think the final season is coming out. When it's all said and done, I think I maybe I will if I have a gap in my... I've talked about before. Like, I have a weird way, like, rise and fall of yeah. like my list of things to watch. It's something that I could see myself finally tackling sometime in the next six months. Right. Um, so I'm yeah, sure there's someone say. who got hooked on that when it first came out. And thus yeah. have been, oh, wow, I really like the show. But there's, there's a lot of else. shows, though. Like, there's a lot of stuff. It's funny there. because I always think that there's, like, five shows on that service. Yeah, like it's there's... like it's Jack Ryan, it's Man in the High Castle, it's Marvelous Miss Maisel, it's right. Fleabag, and like that's it. Yeah, like you know the four things that are advertised, but then there's like the whole slew of other things that are under there that it's just like oh right. I'd be if curious have... if it's one of the things I feel like you started naming them. Like if you read off lists, if I would be like, oh yeah, or if uh... I'd be like, sorry, what? <laughs> I uh, I I. I... Forgot all about. I have that Apple TV service. I was. I meant to ask you about that because has it final? It, it's debuted, right? It, was it to be the started, first and I um, I only noticed because I got like a notification on the app that I didn't even realize I had. I guess I got it in one of the updates, uh, and I was like, oh, there seemed like some things that I want to check out on there, and then I just didn't. And <laughs> I, 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 I will out of principle. I have it for the year, so I, I'm sure I'll go in and I'll check out a couple of things, but uh. I don't know. I'm finding it increasingly difficult, increasingly more difficult to get into into TV shows. Uh, I, I like TV. I like good TV. I just there's just there's so much that I want to watch. I think it might it could be a little bit of decision fatigue, which I uh, is another article that's that's 
bouncing around in my head. Uh, but well, it's it, also it, like the the paralysis of too many options type of thing. That's yeah, and it's just like I don't know. There's a and then there's the whole thing of like the TV is made with this interesting quality right now. I where yeah, the first episode. Like, I was gonna say everything on Apple looks like it's directed by David Fincher. Sure. Well, well, there's that, right? Each of the each of the streaming services has a has a tone or a color palette of some kind that, like, you can immediately identify where it's coming from, which is very strange. I would say Netflix Uh, has the best job of not having just one. Like, there's like a broad swath of things that look that way, but there's still enough variety where I don't always feel like everything I'm watching on Netflix is Netflix. Feels like this goes back to our conversation from last week. It's because it was the first one. So it's like if if it's not one of these other services, it's Netflix. Like <laughs> I feel like that's probably where where it comes down to. But uh, I don't know. It's just like I well actually this this dovetails nicely into one of the things that I'm watching. I started Watchmen. I watched the first episode. Uh, I found the first episode interesting. I was like, ooh, there's some cool things going on here. Uh, which, and which, then, which by the way, that's all you can really ask of a pilot, right? Sure, sure. But for whatever reason, I'm not dying to get into the next one. Oh uh, no, I would recommend. I know the I next need one. to. No, I've just had, because I've I've I felt the same way where I was that. like, oh, like this, the, the first episode, it's interesting, sets up a lot of things. Curious to see where it goes, but yeah, I didn't feel like, oh wow, I totally loved the first episode. But, right, but it's let's... so rare that that's the case. Sure, and, and but the problem was I watched it at the uh, toward, like the end of the night, right? Which was like probably I started at like nine thirty. It's an hour long, uh, and I started the second episode and fell asleep. But it was fine. It wasn't not not because of the show. I was just tired and I shouldn't have I shouldn't have hit play. That's all it was. Uh, so you're, now, you're dealing with that thing where you don't want to have to restart it. Um, I'm not so worried about that. I I want to make sure that I give it the right space <laughs> so that it's not me that's the problem. So we'll <laughs> when talk. I'm well, so we'll it. talk about the second episode in a year. Uh, I don't know. I, I, the thing is, I feel like I, from what, it, from what I understand it to be, I, I think I'll really like it. Yeah, I think you will too. I just have to sit down and watch it. Now, like I said, I'm off this week, so I will. I figured probably you, you'd probably get to a lot of that of stuff this week. Yeah. Which if I watch it in the next couple of days, then I'm caught up. Right. And then I could actually watch it. Though there's been three episodes. There was one this Sunday. I didn't get to watch oh, it. It's, it's all out the window now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't get to watch the third episode, but just because the Sunday Call me night, when the series is over. The, and su- start. <laughs> the, the Sunday night football game was really good, and then I had to be up early on Monday morning, so I went to sleep. And then tonight I had opportunity to watch one thing that wasn't like the Islanders were playing, and I really wanted to watch the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, ten game win streak. Uh, not that you care, but uh, <laughs> um, I, I had an opportunity to watch one one hour show. In addition to the Islanders game before we sat down to record. And I chose instead to watch last night's pr- premiere of His Dark Materials, which is my other oh, how was that? that we're watching. Uh, well, first I want to ask you, do you know of that? Yes. What do you know of that? Uh, I know random tidbits of things that happen in that world from uh, an old colleague of mine that was super into it. Oh, really? Okay. Well, I was yeah. wondering because it's the type of thing where I feel found there's very little middle ground it's either like you're a super fan of it or you maybe have heard of it you know what i mean like charlie is a super fan and i was like he would he would explain things to me i was like it sounds interesting and in a fear of i don't want to disappoint you charlie i wasn't certain that i would be in on it like it sounded cool and i was actually really enjoying how excited he was about it but i wasn't 
I didn't think that it was something that I was gonna like run out and read. Okay. Uh, and then when I saw the, the trailers, I was like, "What's going on in this crazy world?" Like this is this is what I thought he was saying, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, he wasn't exaggerating. Like this is just like it. Like it's, yeah. it, it it seems wacky." Okay. But, uh, so for those of you who don't know, and I guess I'll just kind of assume you know almost nothing of it, other than that you've heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, you caught me right now. As I was about to get into Shred. Um, <laughs> his Dark Materials is a trilogy of books. The first book, I think, was originally known uh, as Northern Lights, but I've always known it as The Golden Compass, which was the name of the movie that they made in, I want to say 2007, um, which was bad. <laughs> Unfortunately bad, but also predictably bad because it's a fairly dense tome like it's longer than the shorter harry potter books but not as long as the longest ones mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and if you're gonna debut something like this which requires a fair amount of subtlety which is interesting for what's basically a young adult novel it's fairly mature in its i mean it's very mature in some of the subject matter it tackles um so it's kind of weirdly like it's i would say it's not aimed at like 12 year olds which is about where i was when i read it more so it's aimed at like 16 year olds and up type of thing okay would be my interpretation of it um so the funny thing about the movie was it was bad they 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 interpreted a lot of it well but the thing about the movie was it was bad well no but what what i'm going to say is it's so weird that the movie was so bad because the casting is Almost pitch perfect across the board. Oh. Daniel Craig was an inspired choice to play Lord Asriel. Nicole Kidman was also an incredibly strong casting for, for Miss Coulter. And Sam Elliott is a literally perfect casting of Lee Scoresby. Um, the girl who played Lyra, I don't remember her name now. She did a perfectly fine job. It's really tough to cast young, like, g- girl or guy. It's really tough to cast someone who's supposed to carry most of a movie at 12 years old. Um... I thought she was just fine. But those are three of the like the main characters I mentioned were cast like almost pitch perfectly. And Ian McKellen as the voice of Ayark Bjornsson was also really good, but it's just because he's really good at being like a commanding, intimidating presence. Sure. And it's just voice acting, so he can do that in spades. Um, so I was excited when I saw the movie because each of those actors and actresses, I was like, oh, you're totally fucking nailing this casting. I'm super exciting for this movie. And then the movie itself wasn't very good because they had to cut corners. And so I was excited for the show because it's eight or ten episodes, I think, which gives it the time to give you the whole story of that book. It's something that I've, I may have mentioned on the show in the past, but I think I have. Um, I'm super excited that they're doing more shows of books instead of movies as books because it's absolutely the better format for it. For something, you could make a 200-page novel into a movie. It's really tough to make a 600-page novel into a movie. Sure. Um, and to give it the care that it deserves. Um, I, the, only the first episode was last night, so, you know, it's a lot of setup. So far, I liked it. I didn't love it. It's not okay. uncommon for the first thing. It's also... No. It starts off with giving you a lot of threads to pull on, but not a lot of substance yet because it wants to hide some of the big reveals that are to come. And actually, it's weird. Um, I read the first two books of that series probably twice each. 
and I only read the final one one time. I own, I think I own, still have the first two books somewhere. I never owned the third one. Um, and I really like like the section from halfway through the first one to like three quarters of the way through the second one. Um, it's not like like I prefer one book to the other. It's a weird sure. dynamic that I yeah, have yeah. because I feel like the like story... a cross section of the story. Yes, like that snapshot of that period of time in the two novels, I find to be incredibly compelling. Okay. Um, and it was an important book for me in my like formative years. I read them when I was 12, 13 years old. Um, I actually got the first one. I think Uncle John gave it to me as like a Christmas gift. What were the What are the titles of the books? Um, so the first one is known as either Northern Lights or the Golden Compass. Why is it no like it? It had two separate titles of like. Yeah, like, I'm released? not sure if it was a country thing because like if oh, you look at Harry Potter, the first one in the UK, the which Philosopher's Stone is known as the Philosopher's Stone yeah, instead yeah. of the Sorcerer's Stone. Um, the Northern Lights are a very important thing in the first book but so is the item that is colloquially referred to in the book as the golden compass okay so that's why they're used i don't know what the the story behind why they were changed or if it's a regional thing or whatever i'm not entirely sure um but it's known as either of those things the second one is the subtle knife and then the third one is the amber spyglass okay and each of those items is featured heavily in each of the three books, though by the third one, all three of them play very important roles. Um, but yeah, each one is kind of highlighted around the events surrounding each of them. And what I found interesting about the series was, from the book perspective, at the end of The Golden Compass, Lyra no longer becomes very important in the second book in the story, because it is a multiverse-centered storyline across the trilogy Hmm. and so the second one picks up with an entirely new main character for the majority not the whole book but the majority of the book and eventually he meets up with lyra and then the two of them together through the end of the second book and all the third book are the co-protagonists okay Uh, that's that's actually interesting so wait so the three the three items or books that you mentioned uh those are the dark materials is it, how did, I'm just curious. Is there like a is there a way for an outsider that without spoiling things to understand where that saga name comes from? Um, I may be speaking slightly out of turn to say I'm not sure that those are the dark materials so much as dust is. Dust. Yes. The whole no further series, questions. <laughs> the whole series <laughs> concerns itself with capital D dust. Um, okay. And it's actually something in the pilot. You actually, if you've watched any of the commercials, I think it was in one of the trailers, a little kid oh. saying something about, I'm guessing you're not asking about what we polish off of off of the table or something like that. Interesting. Um, it's a more metaphysical dust, and there's a big tease about it in about halfway through the first episode. Okay, so two more questions. Okay. One, uh... The movie that came out that you mentioned, uh, I've looked it up, Golden Compass, 2007. Uh, not related to this rendition of the of the telling of the story? No, because the first season of the show on HBO will be retelling that same exact story. Okay. Okay, so you've added another question. It's entirely uh, rebooted, yes. Are they... Um, or is the intention... Is it set? Is the intention to do three seasons? I would assume so, based on... 
the pacing of the first episode. They okay. certainly can't fit all three episodes into one season. And finally, did that movie season. tank? Um, I know that it was largely critically panned because it okay. was, and you know, taking off the fan hat and putting on the critic hat, it's a bad movie as a movie. Sure. It's just a worse interpretation. Okay, I gotcha. I was just curious. So I imagine the original plan was to franchise and make the rest of them. But I would assume so because the, the end of that book. Well, the weird thing is that book doesn't actually, or that movie doesn't actually even end at the one hundred percent end point. It ends. Oh, interesting. Like ninety four percent of the way. So strange. Yeah. Uh, that actually, I was really, really angry at that when the movie was That's over. That's ridiculous. Like, what okay. the fuck? <laughs> So either way, you're going to stick with this for now. Yeah, I'm intrigued. Uh, although I will say, um, across the board... Well, no, I, you know, what's her name? Uh, Daphne Keene is the one playing Lyra in this. And obviously I like her. I thought she was really good in Logan. Um, I think she's a very good casting for Lyra yeah. so far. Um, nice. I am not as impressed so far with their casting of um, Lord Asriel and Miss Coulter. Um, that was true of when I heard of the casting. I didn't hate... James McAvoy is a casting mostly just because I really like him. Um, okay. But he does not so far stand up to. For, for one thing, um, he's already expressed a fair amount of empathy in the first episode, um, and that is just not who Lord Asriel is. He is incredibly cold, and that was why Daniel Craig was so good as him. Um, and I am slightly underwhelmed by the casting of Miss Coulter as well. Uh, Nicole Kidman was. Almost pitch perfect, except with the exception of her having blonde hair and supposing to have black hair. But that's a really, really minor uh, flaw in the character. <laughs> uh, who's playing the character? Um, I think her name is Ruth. Oh, Wilson. Ruth Wilson. I'm not familiar with her. Um, yeah, she was in The Affair. Actually, Kim just finished watching that series today. Oh, I never watched that. Um, that's the one with, um, what's his name from The Wire, right? Yes. Um... Yeah, um, I'm, I'm, from the way she's playing the character so far, and admittedly she doesn't show up until almost the third act of the episode, so, um, we haven't got much time with her yet. I'm a little intrigued with her take on the character, but overall, I don't know that she fits the whole aesthetic of the character. Okay. Um, but that's probably, I'm guessing... I'm like I said. I'm already intrigued with the way she's doing it, so I feel like that will probably just become one of those things where I'm like, eh, maybe missed opportunity, but I don't hate it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, I will say that as much as I like Lin Manuel Miranda, he is not at all a good casting uh, for his role as Lee Scoresby. <laughs> just oh, no. not at all. Um, oh, that's a shame. He's supposed to be like a quiet badass from Texas. <laughs> um. And, like, a big strapping dude. And, like, Lin-Manuel Miranda is none of those things. Do they... Are they trying to make him that thing? Or are they changing I'm, the character? I'll just tell you this. The character is literally, like, a, like old-school, like, prospector slash explorer. Like... No, no, I'm saying, like, are they treating it... Are they treating the character as the character that you're saying? Well, or I don't they, know, because... changing it up? He won't show up until halfway or so through the first season. Oh, okay. Big, important character... Just one that shows up late in the game. Gotcha. Um, but a beloved character. And Sam Elliott was, I mean, maybe slightly too old. But, like, in the way that Liam Neeson can kick ass and take in, like, was a perfect casting for the role. Voice, sure. presence, 
um, and can handle enough of an action sequence, especially in something CGI-driven. Like, um, he was really, really inspired casting. Uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda is not. Um, gotcha. Despite my own enjoyment of him in general, uh, he right. just isn't a fit for that character. Um, so, it, I mean, it is what it is. I, I'm not going to, like, hate it. I'm going to give him, try and give him his due. It's just, it's just not a fit. Sure. Oh, fair enough. Uh, what else are you watching? Anything more for that list? Um, no, that's really it. I've just, you know, something I just finished watching. I'm watching Watchmen, but we already talked about that, and I we had your perspective on it, which is interesting. Um, I wanted to mention that I just started watching this, and just to see if it. I didn't know if you were familiar with the material, if it was something you had read or were interested in or not. So yeah. Um. So jumping on, I, I mentioned the last week, I think, or two weeks ago, the politician. I finished that. Uh. And thought it was really, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I kind of knew what the show was going to be like going in. I thought, I think if you're not familiar with how it's going to be laid out, it, it's a very strange show. Mm. Uh, but it's, it. I think it's really well done, uh, and I think the acting is is awesome. I also, I love, I liked the casting a lot. I we love in this house. We love Ben Platt, so <laughs> <laughs> that's that's part of it. Uh, this what, house. What I love. What ben I think Platt. is actually incredible about the show. What I really liked. Uh, is the last episode of the season is is there's a time jump. Oh. And it feels like the first episode of the next season. So instead of getting like this climax and then the series, the season ending, that happens in the second to last episode. And in the final episode, the characters are kind of getting their bearings again so that when the next season starts... You can dive right in, which I think is a really different way of doing it. They did that in one of the seasons of Shit's Creek, didn't they? Uh, I don't know because I watched that straight through. I'm pretty I don't sure they did seams. that. I'm pretty sure they did that in one of the. Uh, they definitely did it in Halt and Catch Fire. I don't remember if it was the finale or if it was the second to last episode, but I remember being very confused because I was like, "Wait a minute, did this was this a shorter season and did it end early?" And I went through this whole thing where I had to like stop and like look at the episodes. I was like, what a weird fucking like thing to do in like the last or second to last episode of the second to last season. Mm-hmm. It was like very jarring to me. But once I was on my feet, ultimately I agree. It was kind of a cool setting because it ultimately set the stage for, like you said, you can hit the ground running in the next season. Yeah, well, uh, it's it's a it's a cool concept. I like it, and I'm I'm excited. I'm excited for it to come back. Obviously, it won't be for a long time because we watched the season because it's a Netflix show, so it's all drops at once, and then you watch the season way too quickly, and then it's over. Um, but anyway, it was, I thought it was really good. Uh, I think it's really well shot. I like the framing of every scene, uh, and one of the things I think that's really cool about it is the characters are they're they're not lying to you about who what the character is and who the characters are and how they act, and your own bias causes you to think that they're going to do something different and mm. then they don't and you get frustrated and you're like oh it's because they're being true to the character that they clearly are and it's it's i think it's a cool way of uh of doing it that is interesting the story. It, like manipulates the way that you the viewer engages with the material yeah yeah you almost have, you have it forces you to like if you want to if because you try to guess right anytime you're watching something you try to guess where things are going you try to see where it's like how it's going to unfold I love. I'm. I like being surprised. I like. The, I, I'm delighted to find out that I didn't get there uh, when I don't, because that's because I'm paying so close attention. I feel like that often doesn't happen, and when it does, I give a lot of credit to how it was handled. 
And uh, this this got me because it was they set me up for that because I'm trying to figure things out and I'm trying to guess based on all of these examples I have in the past of watching movies and TV and how characters change and evolve and it's like no like this is the person this is who this person is we're not we, it's only been a few like like a few months like they haven't completely changed and it's a really it's a cool concept it's funny because as you're saying this it reminds me of how different that experience would be even though it's exactly the same concept but when you have the baggage of backstory as opposed to the first season of a show because it's the same way that people watch The Last Jedi. Hmm. And one of the big, like, lightning rods is Luke's arc <laughs> in that story. <laughs> and the difference is, if that was the first or the second movie of whatever that you watch, if you didn't have 30 years of your own personal baggage with the story it can make or break your watching of that story. But if you just take all of the emotion out of it and look at it, everything that Luke does is consistent with the character that he yeah. is. But, but everyone just, the, the, else has ascribed their own emotional right. resonance with the character and where they were at different stages of their life with that character and what that character has meant to them. It's entirely different to do that with, like I said... 30 or 40 years of baggage behind you as opposed to the first season of something where you think he's going to do something and he doesn't do that. And that can either delight or create absolute like revulsion yeah. within you. And like you're saying with the, with the first season of a show, you're, you're stat, you're laying that groundwork. Yeah. But yeah, it's interesting. Uh, but the, the TLDR of that is that conversation that I, I had so early on when the last Jedi came out of, I don't like how they made Luke to be a little bitch. And I said, counterpoint, <laughs> Luke He's was always, always a little bitch. <laughs> yes, and that's what I'm saying. Like, it's If you strip down your own feelings and interpretation of the character and you just look at the facts, that's who he always was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's the politician. Uh, I think if you, have, if you have some time, I would give it a go. I think I actually I think you might like it. Uh, I it's not a show that I don't that I think you need to give two episodes or three to figure it out. If if you like it in the first episode, you like it. I, I that's how I felt about I've it. I've very rarely not followed up with something past one episode. I yeah. just thinking about it, I can only think of one show that I didn't stick with past one episode, and it's What's Silicon that? Valley. Oh wow, that's the other thing I was gonna say that I'm watching. Well, right I know now. you told me that you were watching, want to watch, finish watching an episode before we got started. Yeah, so uh, that was, that's the final thing on my list. Oh, actually, no, it's not. That's a lie. Uh, that's the third thing on my list uh, is Silicon Valley. I had, I thought, so this is a silly thing uh, with an HBO show. It went on a break at one point, and then came back and did the last like three episodes of the of the previous season. What? I don't know how long it broke, whether it was like two or three weeks, whatever it was. There's a there was a lapse in time between like one episode and then the rest of the episodes. That's usually a Netflix or cable or not Netflix. That's usually a cable or network yeah. thing. It could have been a holiday. Netflix. It could have been some I don't know what it was. But basically, I, you know, there may be occasionally like a one week hiatus. That's weird. Yeah, I don't know how long it was. But what happened was I thought like I had thought about it a few months ago. I was like. What happened at the end of the last season of that show? Because we were like, it came up in conversation, and I couldn't remember. And I was like, 
Did we finish it? I think we finished it. And then I saw advertisements that the sixth season was starting, I think it was two weeks ago. And I was like, oh, cool. Uh, I'm excited to to get back in. It's the final season. I think the show's kind of run its course. It'll be good to see it kind of to finish out. And then I went to go to go watch it. And it was like see, uh, episode whatever of season five was like the next one on the list. And I was like, huh. <laughs> I guess I didn't finish it. And I went, but we were missing three episodes of the of the end of the season. I, uh, that happened to me with a show a while back. I don't remember even what it was now, but I thought I finished watching a season or something. And it was because like the last episode or two didn't record right on my DVR. Mm. So when the new season was coming out, I watched the first episode. I was like, Wait, what the fuck is going on? And mm. then I, like, I went back to like just see, like, did I just completely forget? And I was like, oh my god, I missed the last two fucking episodes of the last season. And I had to go track them down before I could watch the, any more of the new season. Yeah, that's, that's silly. The, uh, I will say, though, uh, that, that fifth season finished out strong. And I've been enjoying, I enjoyed the first couple episodes of The Six so far. And I'm, I'm, like I said, glad to see it coming to an end. But I know you're not a fan of the show. I will say that the show has conceived one of the greatest television characters ever. Oh yeah. And I I I feel like it would be worth you sitting through it just for this for 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 getting up to this scene in season 5. I'm let me, let me lay the groundwork for you. There's this tall lanky character named Jared. And is it, Jared Is that guy from the league? The guy who was the worst? Uh was he in the league? Uh I can't remember his name, but he was the one that Kevin and Pete hate, all of them hate so much, except for Andre. Andre's the only one who gets along with him. And he's just so mopey all the time. Let me look up the league real quick and see if I see him on the list. He, he was a reoccurring character? Yeah, like he was in probably five episodes over a couple of seasons. I, I, can't, remember, I can't remember his name because like he uh, had like... Lane? Yes, Lane! Yes, it is him. Yeah, I figured that was okay, who so you were talking he, about. Basically, he uh, I he plays hated the- him so much in the league. I can't believe you don't remember him because he's everyone always like if you mention Lane, they're like, oh. I don't. I have. I would have to rewatch it. I loved that show. I, thought it was I know. So that's funny. why I figured you would. Re- and you watched it not that long ago. Yeah. So anyway, he's so he plays the right hand to the guy that eventually becomes the CEO of of Pied Piper, which is the company that's that at the end, like towards the end. I'm of the somewhat vaguely familiar with some of the bits of that show. So, I know. You're talking about he's the right hand man of the like yeah, yeah he's like a yes man he's he's always there for him he's very timid uh, he does everything he's basically gets trampled on all of the time and just takes it doesn't that, say a that's word that's that role that that guy basically always plays because he played the same role in Veep too but he starts to turn <laughs> in the fifth season where he gets starts to get a little nutty like I saw some trailer from the new season he's like flipping out. He so there's a scene and uh, slight spoilers. Uh, skip ahead like forty seconds if you don't want, to, or a minute or whatever if you don't want to hear this. It's really not that big of a deal, but I think I would appreciate it. Uh, there's a scene in the fifth season where he's in the car with Dinesh and there, they're they're trying to find someone and they're driving, and they pull up to this. They're at this festival. They pull up to this one guy and they ask him a question for the directions. He, he he gives him some snarky response, and he just now mind you, he hasn't done anything crazy like super crazy. At, to this point, he leans over and he goes, "Do you want to die today, motherfucker?" <laughs> and he was just completely out of character, Jeez. but so much what we've been working towards for five seasons <laughs> that it lands so well. <laughs> and I was, I, I very rarely rewind a scene just so that I could laugh at it out loud again. This was one of those times. I love those moments. He is, he is hysterical. 
he snapped again in the previous episode that I watched this evening, and uh, it's he's just a blast. He's such a great character. Anyway, uh, I could see the show not being for you. That's fine. Uh, the weird thing is, I was actually excited for that show, and I watched the first episode, and uh, I don't know. Like, and I, the thing is, I was like, "Huh, that didn't really do it for me." But I was totally planning on watching the next episode, and I was busy and didn't watch it and then like all of a sudden like three or four episodes piled up on my dvr and i was just like you know fuck it i'm not watching this so many times on that show things end on a bummer note too so like that might that also might not be your bag if you get to that point that was kind of a little bit of it but no uh he the thing is he's just too awkward okay that's fair you 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 had you had a similar gripe with the office right like just the awkward feeling like you just can't get past that some of it yes um the the thing is i don't i actually can't really fully describe why the office doesn't work for me um because it has like i said i've watched a whole bunch of scenes i've seen a whole bunch of whole episodes i've been entertained just had zero desire to watch more of it you know what i mean like it's Mm -hmm. the type of thing that like if you're sitting down and someone puts it on and watch it i'll watch it i will never put it on you know what i mean yeah um, with Silicon Valley, yeah, it just it didn't like, and I don't mind like uh, my tolerance can vary. I don't mind cringe humor, like or you mean specifically like not like like gross out like vulgarity yeah. type stuff, like just like oh like this is so awkward. Like I don't mind a bit of that. Like I love Always Sunny, and they traffic in that insane amount, um, but it balances it out with enough laugh out loud funny that I can get through it. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't get the laugh out loud funny, and it was just the cringe. Yeah, I got you. And there were so many scenes, and I'm sure, I mean, especially with comedies, it takes a while to iron out all the kinks. I'm sure they ironed it out and have a better flow to it, but they, there was I felt like that half hour premiere felt like it was two hours long. Like, I just... Mm. Yeah, that's that's not a good... That's not a good... That'll, that, that could ruin the experience. Uh, it, I, I, one of the things I like about the show is that it's short. It's thirty minutes. It's easy to digest. It's very fun. Like it's entertaining to me. I think one of the things uh, specifically where I probably would have would not have felt that way going in, where I could see the things that you're talking about, and I think I, I I understand where you're coming from. I think what gets me through it is they they hit so many things on that show that are so true. Well, yeah, I mean, very, for you being very industry specific, um, I could see why you'd be drawn to it or alternatively completely repulsed by it, maybe. Well, but, no, that's what I love. Like something, something so disgusting will happen in the show and it'll crack me up because I've seen it. Yeah. Um, no, it was a show that I really wanted to like. It wasn't something that someone like dragged me to watch. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, that looks interesting. That looks funny. And I turned on the first episode and I just didn't care. All right. So that's... That's the that was the third item on my list. Here's the fourth. Now, I I want to go. Uh, the last suggestion was Shit's Creek. It sounds like that was a hit. I want to go two for two here. Have you watched the show? I'm sorry. Um, I don't think so. All right, I'm sorry is on Netflix. The second season I think came out not that long ago. Um, it also it's also on something else. I think it's like says it's like True TV or something when it's when it airs. But I watch it on Netflix. Uh, Andrea Savage uh, is the she's the main actress. I think she's the she's the writer. Let me look it up. Yeah, she's the writer on the show along with others. But Andrea Savage, she's the one from Step Brothers. Uh, Step Brothers. Yes, the therapist. Denise. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, I didn't realize that. That's really funny. It's, the show is hysterical. It's one of those shows where it's a, it's every, it's it's written. It's basically like a a, a stand up. I feel like a stand up set turned into a show. Okay. In a lot of ways, but it works, and the characters are really funny, and their jokes are. I, I could see maybe feeling that it's a bit forced in certain situations because it's like so well written. Like the jokes are so, like perfectly timed that way like it almost feels unnatural but they're hysterical uh, a lot of characters from the league appear in here a lot hmm. um here and there and actually did she, did she do a stint on the league uh i'm not sure she might have i I, th- I don't know why i can't remember she was on veep who was she was she laura yeah i completely forgot that's her because she plays like she plays well the whole thing is that they, they, uh, the reason I pronounced it weird is like it's Laura, but she pronounced it Laura because she the whole joke on the show was that she was like trying to like pander to the Hispanic vote, but that like okay. she ultimately wasn't like very Hispanic, like she was basically just a normal a quote unquote normal white person or whatever. But she would always play up the Latin roots to get uh-huh. the vote, and she ultimately ends up winning the presidency in oh the in the season that she's running in. Um, even though, like, everyone keeps, like, counting her out of, like, the whole thing and, like, not taking her seriously, and ultimately she ends up winning. Um, I completely forgot that that's her. She's also Gale in the league. Yeah, I figured she did a run in the league. I can't that, remember who Gale was, though. Man, I'll tell you, just watch watch one episode. This is this one I think will hook you. Uh, you either, if you, you're into it, you'll be into it from, from the first episode. It's very I, fun. I might, I might check that out. I, I like her uh, for the little bits of stuff that I've seen. I, I wouldn't have thought of her. I didn't realize that she was a writer. Did she create the show? Uh yes, I believe so. I, I'm. It's funny because like, she has an armchair expert episode. As you're talking about this, it's been a, several months since I've listened to any armchair. Um, um, as you're talking about this, this sounds familiar, but I don't know if it's just because like I want it to sound familiar. Mm. It might, you might have heard seen advertisements. That's what I'm saying. But like, it's not like jumping to mind. But I'm I'm vaguely curious. I might check that out because I just finished. Jack Ryan, and I have, like, two episodes left of the first half, the final season of BoJack Horseman. Um, so I guess I'll have... I have... It's weird. I finally have, like... I went for months without really having a show that was running, and now I have my my Wednesday South Park and Always Sunny, and now my Sunday, Monday HBO um, Watchmen and his Dark Materials for the next couple months, so... Yeah. Well, I'll say it's a, it's a relatively low investment. They're short episodes. It's two seasons, and I think they're each ten episodes. Hmm. So it, and it's really and they go by so quick. Um, and See, my, just, my my Saturday night work is always college football time during the fall, but nice. my Friday night work is usually when I do streaming stuff. So okay, all right, we'll get some time there. They, one of the things that don't, that I uh, recognized when we were finishing up the the season the other night, you know how in a in like a sitcom there's like a laugh track, mm-hmm. and they play it over each joke. The I feel like the jokes are so perfect. And so funny that you are actually like you don't need it. You are the laugh track. Like I'm, I'm constantly bursting out laughing at the show, and it's like it, it almost feels like it could be canned laughter. Because See, I'm, it's, a, I'm a little. Oh wait, so there isn't actually canned no, laughter. No, there isn't. Okay, good because you know that that's like, yeah. So that's why I'm actually curious how you would feel about this because I feel like you're going to be able to notice like it could it could have been placed there, but it's so funny on its own. So what do they still do? Like the thing where they pause for the laugh track, but it's not actually there. Or? No, there's no pause. You just you you'll watch the show, and I think you'll understand what I'm saying. 
Uh, okay, I'm down to it's, try that uh, too. I'm, I'm, I'm interested to hear you check back. But uh, yeah, that's a uh, that's I just finished that up. So those are See, those are my. Four it, it's this. funny you said. Oh, I want to go two for two. Like somehow after all this time, you've only given me one show to watch. Yeah. Um. Although I guess our our shared thing is more movies in that sense. Like oh, we watch this movie, watch that movie, or whatever. Yeah. But like. At the end I've, of the day, like, I'm movies over TV all day long. I've lobbed up like so many TV shows for you to watch, and I know you've watched some of them, and you're the like the your uh, like run with them has been pretty good. So it's whatever. Yeah. But I know. Yeah. I give more. It's kind of not quite a spray and pray approach, but I just watch a ton of TV. So to this uh, day, I think Lovesick was the best TV show that you suggested. I'm a little disappointed you never made it all the way through Archer. I or at least all the way through the great. You know what it is? I really enjoy watching that show with someone. Mm. Uh, And Kim is not into that show. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah, she doesn't. She's not. That's. It's not her humor. Okay. Um, it was like, I mean, it has been a while since you and me have just sat down and like watched yeah. stuff. And like the last couple of times that we have done, which isn't that common really for the last like six months or so. Like we watched, I think you should leave because mm. you really wanted to show it to me. And I was like, okay, like this is funny. So we ended up, even though you're like, I hate the show, we watched like <laughs> the first four episodes and then you stopped hating the show. Yeah. Um, which was a weird experience all around. That's so um, strange. And also, we have like a lot of our time is devoted to eating and drinking and movies and weird parties and podcasting. So the TV and gaming too. Even like that time we played like six hours of that weird chef game, <laughs> Overcooked. Yes, which That's, was frustrating as hell, but a lot of fun. It really, it really is. It really is. Throw me the kitchen knife. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, it's on fire. Oh my god, it's on fire. No, it's fine. I got it. I got the extinguisher. What do I do? What did I do? <laughs> that was actually a weird loop. Like, straight up would, would play again. Yeah. Specifically it, with you while hung... Did we play... Did we play a drunk or we play a hungover? Uh, probably a little column A, a little column B. I, well, I was think, trying to remember. Did we play it in the morning or at night? Did we play it at two different times. So... Did we? Yeah. So I'm assuming one of those times you were really drunk. Uh... Maybe we'll play a little bit with Brian before we get into Death Stranding, or maybe when we need a break from Death Stranding, we'll get the probably preview. probably after when yeah yeah well, that's right. Technically, we could play with three people, right? That's right. All right, so that's what we're watching. Let's get into a couple quick news. What do you say? Okay. All right. So first, new on the list: uh, Into the Spider Verse sequel projected for April eighth, twenty twenty two. Oh, that's right. I texted you and Brian about that, and then completely forgot about it. I didn't even realize, but great. Yeah, I texted uh, you guys the other yesterday, last night. Take your time with that movie. Do it right. Give me I saw more that, of that. I saw that it was so they, good. I saw that Lord Miller confirmed that the weird, which I had never even heard of, but the weird 1978 Japanese Spider-Man is going to be in it. Dude, I went down a rabbit hole uh, of information, including that, when I was See, exploring I the Power I knew Rangers it was going to take me down a rabbit hole, and so I just like, nope, I, have, I know all I need to know. I've seen the picture. <laughs> I know all I need to know about this subject. Tell me about it in a couple of years on the movie. <laughs> So that's that's one thing. That's just a quick nugget. So that'll be a that'll be Wait, a while. But so let me go with a quick nugget then. Yeah, hit me. Um, Marvel's The Eternals reportedly evacuated after unexploded bomb discovery on set. <laughs> uh, I, I see. I couldn't tell if the screen froze or if you were that <laughs> shocked by what I had to say. Because this this is one of the things before we started. I told you that we had like this is gonna be a, like a two minute discussion. Really. Yes. So it turns, the, turns the thing, out was actually a bomb. Was actually a bomb. See, my first when I first read the 
the headline. I was like, great prop, great well, prop, very I was convincing. Like, I was like, well, because the thing is, I got like a clipped. Like it wasn't even a full headline. It was like a clipped headline where they right. they they leave out some key details in the sentence of the headline, and I was like, oh my god, was it a bomb scare? Did they find an actual bomb? Oh my god! And then as soon as I started reading the thing, I was like, okay, I totally know where the story is going. Kind of hilarious instead of terrifying. Um, so I'm going to very quickly do a reading. The cast and crew of Marvel's Eternals were reportedly forced to halt production after an unexploded bomb was discovered close to their shooting location on the Canary Island of Fortaventura. The Sun reports that Angelina Jolie and Richard Madden, who stars Thana in Akaris in the film, were amongst those hauled away from set as bomb disposal experts were called in to disarm the device thought to be a remnant armament from a Nazi base. Oh. Now the story makes more sense. Okay. Sensationalist headline, borderline clickbait, but you know what? It was the quick story I needed at that time. Yeah, it's... It, I'm, like, I'm like annoyed, but then also go, all right. This is just ridiculous enough of a story that I'll allow it. Because it, you know like, what? Everyone does need to hear how ridiculous this is. I feel like at the end of it, like the, it, the person reporting just like, gives like a really wide smile. And it's like, I'm not lying. <laughs> no, the, there was legitimately a bomb that they needed to An take care of. An exploded bomb. The outlet notes that the cast and crew were relocated to a secure spot on the island, a safe distance away from the site, as the professional swooped in to remove the bomb from the suspected location of the once-occupied army camp, allegedly used by the Nazis during World War II. What, was where was this? Terrifying. Uh, aside, it was on the uh, the Canary Island. Oh, no, of, what's this article from? Oh, this is on IGN. Oh. Um, it was obviously terrifying. The bomb could have been there for decades untouched, but who knows what might have happened if it was disturbed. Some of the biggest stars in the world were on set, and nobody was taking any chances. Fortunately, experts dealt with it. That's insane. Could you imagine... Ah. Re- reading a news story, Angelina Jolie and Richard Madden die in horrific explosion Just bomb like... from Nazis in World right. War II? Right. Yeah, like, like the phrasing of that would have had to be handled very carefully. <laughs> it reminds me of the whole situation in Hot Fuzz when they find the unexploded mo- sea mine on the farm in Hot Fuzz. It reminds me of opening the chest in the closet at my bachelor party. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, Boy, no bombs, no. just Nazi war materials. <laughs> Another nugget, Peyton Reed set to direct Ant-Man 3. It probably comes as no surprise. He did the first two. Uh, did them very well, I might add. So yes. looking forward to that. Um, and this one, I'm really hoping that you're not aware of this because I feel like... Are you excited for the Batman? Oh, I, my, I said one of our notes was going to be the same. Yeah. Mine is the Batman news, yes. This is it. All right, so Andy Serkison talks to play Alfred in the Batman. Awesome. Sign me up. Well, uh, as awesome as it is, just because I love Andy Serkis... Um, he what fits a the part. weird casting? Well, the thing no. is, we've both seen the Prestige, so he can do Butler, but can he do Alfred? Oh, he can do Alfred. He can I mean, do. He's a talented actor, so yes, he probably can do Alfred. It's just not what I, I picture. But what it comes down to is, I just don't think he's old enough. Okay. I well, this is going to be a younger, the younger side of the bat. Listen, I'm I was raised on was it the Peter Gow and the. Michael Caine. I'm used to having a, a, an old octogenarian Alfred. I'm not but, used to having a, a 55, 60-year-old Alfred. Uh, I think that they handle Alfred really well in Gotham. And I think that he, this is a this would be like a, a more enhanced version of that Alfred, which is great. Uh, I don't know. I mean, listen, again, 
love Andy Serkis. I just, love. I like my Alfred Old, okay? What if it's actually... I like my Alfred Old. Mocap Andy Serkis. <laughs> and it's just the animated Alfred. <laughs> Even Jeremy Irons is 70 years old. No, no, like, who framed Roger Rabbit? Animated <laughs> Alfred. <laughs> At this point, though, you mentioned who framed Roger Rabbit, and I'm just thinking Christopher Lloyd would be a better Alfred. It's what I'm saying, okay? I need my Alfred Old. Oh, man. That would be fun. Uh, that's it for news and could nuggets. You, could I you imagine like a, like a madcap like Christopher Lloyd as Alfred? You know what I mean? Yes, a hundred percent. I could imagine that. <laughs> Wait, we're not done talking oh, about what, news. What do you got? Specifically, we're not talking about done talking about the Batman news. Oh, because after that story came out, there was an addendum made to it. Ah, crap. <laughs> Colin Farrell is in talks for the Penguin. Ah, uh, huh, I guess I'll have to see it to believe it. <laughs> I like Colin Farrell. I think he's a really good actor. I think it's weird that he hasn't been anything of substance in the last decade, um, with the exception of his brief turn in um, the first Fantastic Beasts. I totally drew a blank on what that movie was called. Oh, yeah. Probably was in that. Yeah, he's he's fine. I I think he's a good... Now, I think he's like a dick, and it's probably why he doesn't get a ton of work. He's a Mm. good actor, though. Mm -hmm. Uh... When you hear his name, what's the first role that pops into your mind? Um, it depends on my mood. Because it's it's one of In Bruges, SWAT, or Scrubs. Okay, so not Daredevil. Um, no, although, if you give me <laughs> enough time, obviously I'll come to it. Um, I actually, <laughs> like, crazy, I actually like him in Daredevil. I, I don't have nearly as much of a problem with that movie as most people do. No, it's a dog shit movie, despite the fact that it was kind of important to me at that time that it came out. Um, wake but, me up. Wake me up. <laughs> well, first of all, don't you dare slander Amy Lee and Evanescence. Um, <laughs> I mean, I had, a huge, I had a huge teenage crush, crush on Jennifer Garner, so I was a fan Fair of that enough. movie. Um, of course, it led That's to... That's why you hate Ben Affleck. <laughs> it ultimately led to my horror because it led to her marrying Ben Affleck. Oh, yes. my God. Um, but Baby the funny teeth. thing is, he took... Like, Colin Farrell took that role so seriously. Yeah, he also added 15 pounds of cocaine. Yes, and it's such a ridiculous movie that version of that character is so fucking ridiculous. Yeah. And I love it. Just the scenes that he's on. <laughs> Despite that they are very cringy, it's kind of the always sunny thing for me. They're laugh out loud funny when they aren't being ridiculously cringy. Mm-hmm. I find him in that movie to be hysterical. I <laughs> like I just laugh at it. And I don't think that was the intended result. But it works for me if I have the misfortune of watching any of that movie and it's a shame that it sullies the great Michael Clark Duncan who I actually thought he did a decent job as Kingpin yeah cool role any other news or nuggets no that's it for me now I just had to bring that up that's fair it's time for fun and games oh I always forget about fun and games you get turned into a zombie but what kind of zombie are you here we go wait is this a zombie land themed one Uh, it's just a general zombie quiz well no because in this you know Brief spoilers, guys. Um, they're in this movie. They reveal different types of That's zombies. That's right. So I was wondering right. if it was that. I went down that road first, and then the first question made me cringe, and then I changed to a different quiz. Nice. All right. 
How long would you survive the apocalypse before you got the bite? A solid five years, a year if I'm lucky, a couple months, a week. I could probably last a day, honestly, like 30 seconds. The one that was a year or so? A year if I'm lucky? Yeah. Okay. What's your biggest pet peeve? Slow walkers, talking while eating, bad texters, cutesy pet names, rude drivers, or the patriarchy? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Bad texters. What's a bad texter? Just wasn't like me? Of, wasn't that one of the things? No, no. Um, you are one of the subcategory of bad texters, but yes. Okay. Okay. You've been uh, better lately. Uh, you know what it is? I got a, an Apple Watch, and my wrist that now vibrates. Turns out, I just don't feel my phone. Yeah, that's <laughs> definitely what it is. See, the funny thing is, is I actually get phantom buzzes. Oh, yeah. My leg. So I'm always checking my phone, which is why I always answer. Like... Because I think that someone's texting me or that I'm getting... Because I have a bunch I, of different alerts set up for like sports stuff. I went so the like, I, my phone is buzzing all the time, so I always feel like it's buzzing. So mm-hmm. I'm checking my phone when I'm not occupied with other more important things. I just check my phone periodically because I think it's buzzing. And sometimes it is and sometimes it isn't. When my but yes, phone I noticed buzzes. you uh, recently... Well, it was when I, when I was at your house. You yeah. kept... Uh, like, because, oh, you, me, and Brian were in, like, group text because we were waiting on when he was coming. Mm-hmm. And I saw you dramatically look at your wrists. And I was like, oh, <laughs> he got the Apple Watch and synced up with the phone. He's getting the texts. And that's why I was like, you can ignore that one that was me talking to Brian yeah. through the group message. That's probably is a great thing for you. I was gonna yeah. say, I've noticed for, not just this week while you've been off, for a few weeks now, I've noticed that you've become probably 70% better at texting. Yeah, it's the day that I put it on, for sure. It's 100%. Yeah. It, I, I went the other route. I would get the... I know exactly what you mean, but I get the phantom buzzes, and then I just assume all buzzes are phantom buzzes. See, the thing is, I always figured you work from home. You don't have to worry about disturbing anyone in an office. Mm-hmm. You're sitting at a computer. You have a hardwood desk. Yeah. I would just assume that you put the phone on the desk, because that's what I do when I'm working at home. I put my computer on the hardwood table. I put the phone next to the computer. Uh-huh. It buzzes on the wood. And so yeah. I hear the text. Yeah. So I just assume that's what you did. And um, then I was just like, does he silence it? Because some people do that when they need to not be distracted. No, b- blessing and a curse. If I'm in the zone, I don't even notice it. See, my phones, and I, maybe it's just specifically a Galaxy thing, have always buzzed very aggressively. So it's yeah. hard to miss. That's fair. All right, back to the quiz. Who would be in your zombie crew? My studly zombie lover? A ragtag team of misfits? My family, my dog, anyone who wants to have a fun time, just me. (laughs) Uh, You want to say my studly zombie lover, don't you? I did. Um, All right, your family. What are you like as a friend? Kind of self-absorbed, to be honest. The one with all the advice. Pretty chill and full of bants. The messy one. Loyal. The group introvert. Full of advice. Okay. Who would you bite first? My family and friend for lols. Someone who wronged me in high school 10 years ago. Whoever I see first. The morally corrupt. Celebs. Or hot boys. Wow. Uh, I'm going to go with celebs. Okay. What would be your greeting of choice for humans you encounter? Hmm. Ah! Plop, 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 Eep. Ha, 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 ha. Or pst. That was a really confusing list. I'm going to yeah. go with the last one. Okay. You're a creepy-ass zombie, you know that? <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're creeping up on people and you're going, psst. 
nom, nom, nom. Which body part would you prey on? Eyes, brain, legs, heart, hair, and then there's just a, an emoji of boobs. <laughs> this is a weird quiz, man. Uh, I guess I'd go with legs. Okay. Okay. Where will you live out your zombie days? Squatting in the city, a beautiful remote beach, among the remains of my childhood home, watching DVDs in some rich person's bunker, a spooky forest, a graveyard. Duh. A beach. Okay. I think you know me well enough to know that's the answer. Who would you want as a leader? Robot Beyonce? Me, of course. There will be no hierarchy in the new world. A democratically elected candidate. Whoever is, psych- whoever is psychically strongest... The moon will be... I, I, I'm assuming they want that to say physically. Probably. Uh, the moon will be my commander. <laughs> <laughs> um, a democratically elected leader. Okay. You got the old school zombie. Nice. You're just mindlessly searching for food, and you don't care who or what you destroy along the way. Brains. That sounds, this all Brains. Right. One might hear you say. <laughs> this, all, this all sounds right to me, yes. I like this. I can see you as an old school zombie. This has probably been the most accurate of all the quizzes well to done. my own person, yes. That's uh, that's fun. All right. With that being said, I believe it is time to get into our flick of the week. Zombieland Double Tap 2019. Columbus, Tallahassee, Wichita, and Little Rock move to the American heartland as they face off against evolved zombie fellow survivors and the growing pains of the snarky makeshift family. That is the IMDb synopsis. Rated R, an hour and 39 minutes. I realize we don't really give enough of the quick details about the movie, so I'm trying to be better about that with the okay. IMDb listing up and ready to go. 7.2 stars, on, uh, 7.2 out of 10 on IMDb. It has a star next to it. Is that stars? Is that what you're... Whatever. Um... <laughs> The movie's better than I thought it was going to be. Yes. Uh, after all the stuff, what is it? We're 10 years now, right? 10 years. After 10 years, I was like, this is, it, it's, it's not relevant. It's, zombies are overdone at this point, uh, and I thought that it was going to be and a you little know what? bit of a drag. I appreciated that they acknowledged that. The, right? They made a number of jokes at their own expense of like being kind of stuck in time. Let me skip ahead a few notes. <laughs> um, this may be even better being self-aware than Deadpool. Oh, interesting. Why is that? Because, like, too many movies take themselves seriously, even some <laughs> comedies, and this franchise pokes fun at itself and others, like, at will, like, no holds barred. None of it ever was treated with any reverence at all, even its own, quote-unquote, source material. Mm-hmm. Like, it just... This movie had one goal and one goal only and it can be summed up in one word fun yeah that's fair the movie was fun yeah was it good probably not (laughs) it was fun were you entertained were you not entertained (laughs) i was entertained (laughs) it was nothing more or less than i could have wanted from it yeah like it was more than i that it was definitely more than i expected well, yeah, I mean, my, the, the amount of 10-year-old sequel, the, the amount of 10-year gap sequels, especially 10-year gap sequels to comedies that are good, are almost none. Yeah. It was perfectly good. It was, I don't know if it's quote-unquote better than the original. I think that they found a way to kind of refine out and get to just the most 
big laughs that they could get. They maybe they traded in a little bit of the subtlety and wry humor of the first one for mm. more laugh out loud funny moments. Yeah. And for a sequel, that's probably the right call. I don't know if you're going to be able to do it quote unquote bigger and better. I don't think you can really catch lightning in a bottle twice on what made the first one work. Right. The movie is funny. It's supposed to be a comedy and it is funny. Yeah. I had fun. Yeah, and uh, not only that, like it was funny. It was you know returning to these characters that we enjoyed from the first series, uh, from the first uh, uh, movie. The, it, fun to see them again, and then also they did a good job of introducing new characters, but not making anybody overstay their welcome. Yeah, oh, and that's just—I mean, that's that's just another way that you could describe the movie. Didn't overstay its welcome. Yeah. Hour thirty-nine. Yeah. It's brisk, just like the first one. It zips on right along through. Doesn't stick around anywhere too long. Stays around long enough at the few places that it needs to. It's just, it's do- like it doesn't get high on its own supply. And there's a lot to be said about that. Too many movies, especially sequels, just try and be bigger, longer, better. And they end up having a diminishing returns situation. Right. It's a quick, short movie. It knows what it wants to accomplish. And that thing it wants to accomplish again is fun. They look like they're having fun together. Yeah. I, it, I love that they all came back genuine. together. I love that they all came back together. The four stars and the director, ten years later, and they're like, hey, we had fun doing this the first time. Let's have fun again. And then they went and had fun. And then that meant I had fun. Right. Right. It was it was it was really it, it was very silly. And it was uh it almost like and the, what you were talking about there, almost like to an endearing level, like yeah. <laughs> coming back like that. Oh, uh, it's absolutely cheesy. Bringing you in the fold. It, it was, it really is. It was, it was, and very entertaining. That being said, I don't think there's really much, uh, much to talk about pre spoilers. It, it's a fun movie. Uh, even, even in spoiler territory, you're probably safe. Yeah, we're gonna ruin a few jokes here and there, but it was just, it's just entertaining. Yeah, and like any of the quote unquote twists in the movie were nothing that's like you're gonna feel like it was spoiled for you because it's kind of like, ha. Huh. Wow, I didn't see that coming. And then, well, like, you move on. Like, that's like, because... That's going to, like, leave you thinking about it after the movie. That's because it already was. And diving into our first spoiler, uh, the the trailer, once again, I, it was... The trailer was too much. The Luke Wilson, uh, and then, what's his name? Guy from Silicon Thomas Valley. Middleditch. Thomas Middleditch. Uh, that should have been a surprise. That yes. should not have been in the... There was no reason to put that in the trailer. Although, they did hide from you the third member of their party, Rosario Dawson. No, she well, she was in the trailer. Was she? I don't remember. Yeah, she was. Trailer. She was in the that the trailer with her pointing the gun at Tallahassee, and he's like, he he was like trying to be all cocky, and then she cocks the gun and puts it in his face, and he goes, "Oh, Tallahassee!" And he basically. I don't remember that being in the trailer, or maybe it, I didn't see the whole trailer. I don't. Might know. have been the second trailer, um, but maybe, uh, I don't know. it was. Now that that was in there too. It's just like. I don't know. That that do should have been a really it. silly reveal. That should have been laugh out loud funny the first time you see it in the context of the movie. Yeah. Ruined by putting it in a trailer. See, I remember seeing that Thomas Middleditch and Luke Wilson are being like, why would you spoil that? Right. Like, I don't remember her being in the trailer. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. But that, I mean, it really is, that was a funny concept. And the exchange of uh, Jesse Eisenberg and Emma Stone, st- well, you almost think they're starting to like that. They're both realizing it, but then it's just Emma Stone that's realizing it. Wichita is under is like is like blown away by what's happening right in front of oh, her. That they're like the carbon copies. Yeah, and Columbus Stone. is infatuated <laughs> with the with the uh, flagstaff. Well, yeah, predictably, uh, Tallahassee can't stand his double, right. and yet uh, Columbus loves his double. So 
Why are you wearing Elvis's shoes? They fit. <laughs> it really is simple as that. I mean, if you're looking for anything deeper than that in this movie, you're not going to get it. Um, and if you're looking for that in this movie, why are you watching this movie? It, you know what's funny? Uh, I, I like how it kind of like the, the way it opens up, getting into the White House, them kind of settling down and like... You know, the family kind of getting settled. And that coming full circle by the end of the movie. That was actually decent storytelling for what it was. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it, it was, I was like, it was really sweet. And there was some, there were a lot of laughs to be had getting reintroduced to the characters. Uh, Even just the opening sequence was really great with the slow-mo of them killing everyone on the White House lawn. Yep. And like showing some new inventive ways how they've now 10 years together and they've figured out how to really efficiently and and you know what to just have some fun there's nothing tallahassee loves more than just going and spectacularly killing some zombies out in an open field yep yep and he just uh doing the i i like that they stuck with the zombie kill of the year thing Mm -hmm. the the real tongue-in-cheek oh my god the one in italy (laughs) (laughs) it was so ridiculous oh my god because the whole setup i was like oh no they're not gonna no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a whole elaborate setup just to be able to kill them with the leaning tower of pieces. It's so, incredible. When it, as it was happening, uh, as they were setting it up, I was like, oh boy. And then when they panned out, I was like, yeah, there it is. <laughs> and it's so ridiculous. You know, oh no, my family. You know? Yeah. yeah <laughs> He's yeah. so over the top. Oh my God. So stupid. Now, now, <clears throat> Uh, so Wichita and Little Rock leave, right? They they run away. As well, they're want to do. What? As they're want to Oh, yeah, do. it's pretty natural. Uh, this leads us to, eventually, uh, what is it? Wichita comes back and they go out and search for Little Rock. But along this journey, we meet Madison, who is mm-hmm. a tremendous addition to the cast. Yes. What a bizarre and hysterical character. The funny thing is... This is, like, a really old, like, stereotype, typical, like, move, is to add, like, that yep. type of cliched, like, tired, like, ditzy blonde character. But they did it in such, like, a wink-wink nod, like, type of way that made it, like, feel, like, new and fun again. Because it's, like, you're never 100% sure if it's an act or not, right. which is totally... Like a compliment to Zoe Dutch. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if it's Dutch or Deutsch to pronounce her last name. Um, you can never tell if she's putting on the act as the character or if it's her playing the character with a wink the whole time. You know right. what I mean? There like, are there are three instances where this character is used to tremendous effect. The first is when you're initially introduced to her and she is insufferable. The second is when she clearly is having an allergic reaction to what she just ate and oh, they yeah. think she's turning into a zombie. Really well done. And then the third, and probably my favorite, is when she gets sarcastic and then double checks with Columbus to make sure that she was actually being sarcastic. Yes! <laughs> oh, yeah, because there was a joke earlier on about her not getting sarcasm, yep. right? Yep. And then she does it. <laughs> also, I, mean, I honestly just cracked me up because of just how earnest it was when she's trying to fuck Columbus and he's like, no, I can't do it. She's like, listen, I haven't had sex in however long. I swear to God, if you don't do this, I'm going to go find the I'm old gonna, man. Yeah, I'm going to suck it up and go to the old guy. Um, yeah, just uh, playing into Tallahassee's age was 
th- those jokes were you know they were they were cheap and easy but they were funny and they landed like and i and think they, it had a lot to do so with many the delivery were cheap and easy but sometimes the simple easy thing is the right thing to do and if you do it while properly executed if it's not sloppy if it's a tight <laughs> execution then that works. Like Rule 34, enjoy the little things. Great yes. execution. <laughs> like, again, another kind of cliche thing is, you know, Tallahassee doing the over-the-top helicopter parent dad thing, you know, yep. especially. It always comes off even more earnest when it's the one who initially is, like, repulsed by the idea, who then becomes over-the-top mm-hmm. on that whole thing. And his whole freak-out at the whole hippie boyfriend thing could have been a tired, played-out thing, but the way that Woody Harrelson did it just cracks me up because mm-hmm. it's he turns it up to fucking eleven. You yeah. know what I mean? He's so funny in this. I mean, let's just be honest. He's so funny in everything. That's true. He's, like that's comedic. You know what I watched recently? Like rewatched. I hadn't seen it two two total times in my life. Kingpin. Friends, friends with benefits. Totally forgot he was friends in. Friends with movie. benefits. It was you remember they had there was the two movies that came out at the same time basically Friends with Benefits and No Strings Attached about yes buddies, essentially Mila Kunis and Justin Timberlake yes that one the better one um and he plays a guy who works at GQ where Justin Timberlake had gotten hired um I don't know if he was the sports editor or something like that and he's as gay as the day is long mm-hmm. and. Listen, the movie came out almost ten years ago. Some of the jokes don't age well. Okay, I Granted. remember this. But the way he just totally leans into it cracks me up. Um, just just him reveling in being able to say the word cock as many times as he says it cracks me up, honestly. There's one of them. The, the, the one line that cracked me up was um, he says this is something but like you wouldn't get it because he was talking about being in love with a woman. Where he goes, I love women. Women are incredible. I, would, I wish I could be with women. Except, you know, I like cock. <laughs> and like he just, just like the way he delivers it is just so matter it's like of fact. Matter of fact, like, yeah. You know what? Touche. <laughs> like he, whenever he chooses to be funny, he does it effortlessly. I yeah. don't know why he would ever do anything that wasn't comedy. I guess other than just to spice things up, he's gonna be in a fucking war movie that's coming out in a week. Yeah. Or two. Like, I, I I can't believe it. I, he was good in Star Wars. He was for his part. You know, he was movie. tremendous in Three Billboards, and that yeah. was on a yeah. Oh, no, I mean, man. there was a couple of, like, dark humorous Yeah, he had a couple of good ones. Fucking yeah. suicide note, but, like, other than that, like, yeah, no, like, I don't know why he would do anything other than comedy because he's so damn good at it, but you know what? He's just pretty much damn good at everything. Mm-hmm. He would be, you know, every once in a while I'd do that thing where I just kind of think, you know, you think about, oh, if I was going to create this sports team or if I was going to make this movie, I think of... Like, you know, when we've talked about the Vince Gilligan theory on using comedic actors in dramatic roles, every once in a while when I'm watching something, I think I put them through the test. Like, would that person do well in that type of thing? Mm. He would be one of the first people I would choose in a dramatic role of, of comedic actors. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, for sure. No, I, I, to- I, I hear you on that one. That was a weird tangent, but no, I, feel like, I feel like it enriched the experience. I agree. One of the things I really liked about this, uh, the, the callbacks were were great there was a there was a number of them a number of very obvious ones and then a number of subtle ones where it doesn't matter if it's a callback or not but if if you recognize that it is it makes it that much more funny like when they see the ice cream truck and columbus freaks out and he's just like fuck no like (laughs) no 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 and then later on later on when the car is driving next to each other and 
they think that she, that Madison is dead, and she's not, and she's waving to them, and she's not looking at the road. It's just so it's so good, <laughs> which is uh, also um, so I'm gonna I'm, I'm jumping to a bunch of different scenes because there are some things that I found so funny in this movie, like yeah, when Madison is driving all of them and she's falling asleep at the wheel, and yeah. Wichita is waking her up, and she's like, hey, 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 hey. Hey, <laughs> and they just go back and forth forever. <laughs> uh, the Elvis set piece was completely absurd, but perfect for Tallahassee. Which one? The actual just going to Graceland, Graceland and freaking out, and then the follow up with the that like Elvis museum, basically that Nevada's at. It was great because it was like such a cop out. Like I felt like it was like an homage to how many bad scripts have a cop-out like that, Mm -hmm. that it was so ostentatiously doing it was a nod to how many movies do that. And it's so hard to walk that line of doing the thing that you are lampooning. Right. And I think they nailed it. I agree. Maybe that mileage, maybe other people don't have the same mileage I did, but I liked that thing where it's like, oh, like the confusion, you know what it reminds me of is, um, you might remember this because I know you're not a big Family Guy guy, but it was from one of the earlier seasons, so I don't know if maybe you would have seen more of the episodes. The one where they did the two-part episode where where Stewie kills Lois, mm-hmm. and then Lois comes back from the dead to ultimately kill Stewie, and it all ended up being a simulation. Yep. And Stewie's talking about all the things when he because he becomes like basically like president of the world or whatever. He talks about all the things he hates, and one of the things he hated was in I forget which movie it was where. It was something to do with outer space, and they built this special rocket that could go to space and do the thing they wanted to do, and then someone blows it up, and then someone else on the other side of the world conveniently had made the exact same rocket to do the exact same thing, and he's like, no, you don't get to do that, it's bullshit, I like, like, this is that thing that they're making fun of, essentially, by doing the thing, and it can fall flat so easily, and I think... That they nailed it. Yeah, I, I I agree. They they really did. Uh, I love the the love that Tallahassee has for the Beast, uh, and then just everything that goes wrong with it, and leading him into the minivan just over and over again. It's almost like they're just, like the movie is playing a sick joke on the yes. character that he's become. And it's, min- I can't believe I'm saying it's the goddamn minivan. <laughs> <laughs> Can you? And then when he gives a. He gives him the keys. He gives uh, Columbus the Tallahassee gives Columbus the keys. Just I just I can't do it again. <laughs> <laughs> and he kicks the mirror, and this time of all the times they kick the mirror, this time it breaks. <laughs> and Wichita's like, "What the hell?" And he goes, "She's like, you, you happy?" And he goes, "Kind of." <laughs> yeah, because he did like three times, right? <laughs> and it just folds in. <laughs> but this time it broke. It's beautiful. So well done. Also, after all of that, him getting so excited to jump in the monster truck and then immediately tipping it over. <laughs> yeah, it was that was sad. The uh, bringing the monster truck back when they're in Babylon and what was it Babylonian Babylonia? I forget. Uh, Sorry, I saw the movie a couple weeks. Babylon, ago. whatever it was. Uh, I think it was Babylon. But anyway, bringing the monster truck back in there and like because it was like, how are they like? What are they going to do now? Because part of me actually thought like, are they gonna are they gonna go the full? Are they going to kill them all? Like, is that just... They couldn't... They couldn't yeah, it, it, wouldn't, it would be too much. Like, it would... Even if they're not playing... Although, you know what? I do like the idea of them continuing to make these once every 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> like, just make it a thing that as long as they're all physically able... That would like, be... We're not getting a sequel in two or three years. If you guys can all reconvene in 10 years... 
do it again. That I and just yeah. keep doing that until like Woody Harrelson's eighty five years old, and then finally kill him off. You know what I mean? Like, right. Yeah, that that would be that would be pretty solid. Uh, bringing the I like that the, the monster truck was simply there in that scene so that they could do this one bit at the end. That was the only reason yes. the monster truck exists, and it was 100%. it was worth it because having them all in there and then Columbus freaking out that he's gonna throw up while they're in. There. <laughs> just crack the window. Just crack. <laughs> just crack the window a little bit, <laughs> and then eventually it tipping over. Uh, now the other thing again set up early on. Just for a payoff way later in the movie. What was it? The great what bull run? Uh, bull run? What was it? What Indian family was it that he mentioned? Oh, yeah. It was uh, the, like the was it like the Lakota or like the Sioux, like Indians or whatever. Yeah. Like, that had, like the, the Buffalo Run or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and when when it dawns on you that that's what's happening, you go, <gasps> and then But then there was a moment where I was like, oh, no. And I, I thought he was going to jump off. And I thought yes, that was going to be did, it. I did legitimately for a minute there think he was going to sacrifice himself. Yeah, and then then it turned into just this comedy half hour of him swinging back and forth about to get eaten, but then not getting eaten, and then them kind of just standing there and not doing enough to get him back. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, they weren't... They, it's one of those, huh, so how do we do this right, right now? <laughs> While he doesn't have the time for you guys to, like, logic it out. <laughs> He's just hanging from the hook, and his hands are slipping. Well, especially because like it looks like he's them. gonna do the 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 sacrifice, and then yeah. it's like no, he's hanging from the thing. After all of that, he can't die now. Yeah, it's like that scene from Super Mario. From what? Super Mario. Oh, uh, as much as I like to make fun of that movie, <laughs> I don't remember it very well. It's oh, I guess you're just gonna have to watch it again. It's been easily. I've seen the movie two or three times, but it's been easily twenty years since I've, I've seen the movie. Seen that movie easily a dozen times. <laughs> wow! No, in the nineties, in the nineties, I I saw the movie two or three times as a kid, mm-hmm. and it's been twenty years since I've seen the movie. Yeah, okay, that's I mean that's fair. A uh, lot of fun. Uh, what about that ridiculous character in Babylon that it constantly brings up orgies? The orgies, guys, no orgies, and that continually is pushing for the orgies. He is casted as Civil War Bearded Guy. Was that his name? That's his casted name. Oh, nice. I had no idea. Which is fantastic. Uh, I just... Well, the thing is, I kept waiting for the hippie guy to be, like, nefarious. And ultimately, he wasn't. He was just kind of, like, an innocent 'er ne'er-do-well. But, like, I kept waiting for the turn where it was going to turn out like he... Like, I I assumed it was going to turn into, like, a dark... Oh yeah, hundred percent. Human trafficking thing or something Definitely. like that. Definitely, I was with you. And no, he's just a fucking idiot. Yeah, which, which somehow makes it worse. <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. But it also played for a couple of decent laughs. Like when I forget what the song was. I know it was like a famous classic rock song that he's singing, and he acts like he wrote it himself. And I was like, ah. Oh. But uh, like, also totally believable because like she was like twelve when. Oh, the you mean Berkeley? Ended. Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't remember what the song he was singing. Uh, he the one of them was a Bob Dylan song early yes. on. Then he did. He, he was when he was pretending that he was working on something. It was Freebird. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> she she recognized the Bob Dylan one at the end, right? She, yeah. Uh, duh. Everyone knows Bob Dylan or whatever. Right. But like, also totally believable. She wouldn't know because she was like twelve when the world ended. Like, so, um, so ridiculous. Also, even though again, kind of a cliche, I enjoyed. Madison inventing Uber. Yeah. 
and yep. how they all were like, no, that 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 mm-hmm. would never work. You mm-hmm. know, and, I, and it was funny because for me, I was like, like yeah, no, like the world had already ended or whatever. But like thinking back, oh shit, no, ten years ago. Uber didn't exist. That would have been prime time for all four characters in the scene to slow turn to the camera. And they and good good on them for not doing it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But they, if they did, it would have still been funny. <laughs> um yeah, no, I, I agree. Um you, I, I, what else what I'll say for one of the reasons why this movie can work is they show you something new. They show you a couple of things new. The news even if the idea for the quote-unquote new to the series isn't new new, like, in movie dumb itself. Yeah. Like, it's smart to push to having evolution of different types of zombies. Mm-hmm. That's not a new thing. Yeah. But it was new to this series. It's and, level two of this video game. Yes. Um, and, it like, in particular, because they didn't really bring back... Remember they did that whole opening thing where they described the zombies, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't end up mentioning like the ninja one again or whatever, did they? Uh, I think maybe once or twice it came out. But they kept bringing up the homers. homers. And the, was, it, was it the T-800, T-1000s, <laughs> whatever? One, the T-800. The T-800s. The two of them, they've referenced a few times and made for it... Like they made it... kept They kept it fresh because it was either, by turns, the comedic ones around the homers or... The giving you actual stress and like added levels of actual tension with the T-800s. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, oh, no, he's just a homer. It's fine. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like he's chasing a butterfly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And like, don't waste, <laughs> don't waste the bullets. <laughs> yeah. But that was an interesting way to do it. I like that they did the whole, there's pockets of society and it shows what 10 years later in this world looks like as mm-hmm. people have now coalesced into little micro civilizations and all that. Obviously, not as fleshed out as something is like The Walking Dead, which I love that they took the piss out of The Walking Dead in this. Mm-hmm. Um, with him literally reading the comics, I didn't think they would go all in and name it. Yep. But they did, so kudos to yeah, them. Yeah, that was good. But still, getting to be able to see like this whole, like the idea of like a pacifist colony in the, the, the zombie apocalypse ended up being, I think, kind of a funny little gag. The whole idea of... Everyone has to turn in the weapons, and, and again, I thought that was going to be nefarious. And right? Nope, they're just idiots. hundred percent. They are just so idiots. much. So did so did Tallahassee. He thought it was too. He's like, okay, but seriously, where are the guns? No, we, like, no, we you melted them metal. down. You gotta be kidding me! <laughs> also, I couldn't believe that they actually turned the guns, and I just felt like, of all people, like Tallahassee would have just like walked across the street and just put it down on the ground. Him? Yeah, you're right because he just blew up the minivan, just because. He had enough. Yes. Which was a great, another great scene. When the other characters are not aware that he's doing it, and he pulls the pin and throws it in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. This movie has me cracking look, up Just a lot. the look they give him when he, when he does it. This and he's like, like what? <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't do it again. <laughs> Can uh, we go back? For yeah. a minute to the like Flagstaff and Albuquerque. Sure. The whole thing. I love that it's commandments instead of rules. Yes. Um, and they even gave it like the biblical text. Yep. Tremendous. Um, they used Roman numerals for the actual numbers. Yep. Used the Roman numerals and all of that. It reminded me of like history of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, just their whole thing, even though we only got them for a few minutes. Not just that each of them mirrored the characters, but they mirrored like, a more wholesome version of the relationship that somehow, even though the, both of them were bigger dicks, 
they had a much actual closer relationship with each other. Like they genuinely love each other. Right. When they when um, Flagstaff comes in wearing Albuquerque's hat. Yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's beautiful. <laughs> and then after all of that, for how close and lovey dovey they look in real life, when it turns out both of them have been bitten, they both immediately throw each other under the bus yep. in a way that. You can't actually see Columbus and Tallahassee doing, even right. though they have a much more antagonistic right, right. relationship. It's, that it's actually really ended good. up being clever writing for what on the surface was kind of a tried and true thing. And that whole sequence of them fighting with them. It was tremendously choreographed. Like, yeah, it this was really sliding, well done. Don't swing, don't swing, don't swing. Swing. <laughs> really well done. The, the most well choreographed, like nothing in either of these movies was no. like that whole sequence. They went all out and I loved it. And, and you know, Nevada and Wichita are there trying to help as best they can, but they getting caught up in the, it's like the, which one do I shoot? Thing? <laughs> Instead of which one do I shoot? It's, oh my God, I'm going to actually shoot the person I don't want to shoot <laughs> thing. And it's like, just get that exasperated, just kind of let them sort it out thing. Yeah. Oh, man. That whole sequence was really, really well done, and it cracked me up. It is very entertaining. It was very, like, uh, it, it was, like, almost slapstick. Like, it was just, like, really funny to watch. It was almost like a cartoon, like, yeah. as it was happening. It was it was very fun. Man, I I just, the, they're, the characters are just so goofy together. And, like, they're so, it, it's kind of heartwarming. I don't know why, like they, why, why it works so well. Like, I mean, the actors must have all had chemistry on set. Like, yeah, I feel well, like that's very one, clear. There was the one thing I was afraid of this sort of movie. And admittedly, after ten years, it would be hard to believe that even their contracts would be able to leverage them to come back if they didn't want to. Mm-hmm. So, conversely, I'd have to assume that that means they genuinely, really wanted to. And Ruben Fleischer too, the one who directed the movie. Like, the five of them really wanted to work together again, right? Because like, within a year or two, like, they were supposed to be a sequel. Remember, there was the failed attempt at getting a show off the ground. Yep. Continuing this. It never happened. Um, but after ten years, I just genuinely assumed it was never going to happen. And then, once they said it was going to happen, I was afraid it was going to go the, ro- the route of the Anchorman and Anchorman 2. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but, and admittedly, I still think that Adam McKay and all of them at with Anchorman still genuinely enjoyed working with each other, but just to see them all together, they're very obviously having fun riffing on each other. You know what I mean? Like it's tough to tell what was a hundred percent scripted or what they let them play with, but you know that they let them play around with a little bit of improv. Yeah, for sure. Um, although I'm a little, I was a little, I mean, I guess for plot reasons, like they maybe had to do it or whatever, but it was a little weird that, that Abigail Breslin kind of gets banished from the other three for most of the movie. Yeah, I de- I definitely. It was the only bit of real story, though. So, I guess so. It's just it's weird. It's that very hangover, very Doug. Yeah, yeah. Only so being in two saying. minutes of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess she got more screen time than what's his name gets yeah. in the Hangover. But still, like, it's weird that like the two or four of them at a time is the best of it, where they can riff off of each other and their like quirky relationship. To have her physically removed from all that ultimately meant her material is much weaker because she doesn't get the benefit of working off of the other three of them. Right. Right. Oh, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. Yeah, there's something missing there, and it is probably just the absence of the rest of the team. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> any other notes before we go into post-credits? <laughs> oh, well, we're going to have to do the post-credits. Uh, um, 
No, I guess not really. I think that's probably about it for the main movie, unless something sparked by us doing well, credit stuff. I was thinking the whole movie, I was like, are they going to introduce somebody? Oh, oh, first off, I Almost Murrayed You was an incredible joke. Oh, yes. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, Bill, Bill was Bill Murray? Never heard of him, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and actually, you know what? And Rosario Dawson is great as always. Yeah. Um, and totally underused in this. I mean, I'm glad they brought her back at the end, but like, you know what I mean? Like, the, why yeah. wouldn't she just join up with them for the whole final act of the movie? Right, right. Um, I'm assuming it's schedule related, but whatever. Um, but yeah, she all of a sudden she just turns on a dime. And it's just like 100% dead earnest. Like, oh no, I'm going to kill whoever the fuck killed <laughs> Jesus Christ, that was totally believable. Like, <laughs> I feel like Rosario Dawson was personally wronged by the death of Bill Murray. Right. So them them doing that, I was like, oh, like, are they gonna bring in? Are they gonna do another cameo, some cool character that we that we have no idea is gonna be in the movie? But, or were we gonna find out somehow that Bill Murray survived? Or he just comes back as a zombie or something, something silly. Uh, doing bringing him post credits as. Uh, as the zombie outbreak is happening, is hysterical. Like the concept yeah. is just because it was just like you know what we're gonna do. Uh, let's just uh, let's bring you back and let's just have fun. <laughs> let's do a bunch of Garfield jokes at your expense. Right, right. When he when they were all asked which, to do the hairball, something in the first one too. Right? Didn't they do that? Didn't they crack Garfield jokes in the first one? I, they might have. I don't really remember. Yeah, I think I think um, when after he was shot and he's like before he's died they're like was there any regrets and i think he says maybe garfield, garfield. yeah yeah may- maybe garfield <laughs> <laughs> so to bring that back is, yeah is pretty that's great. true also uh so yeah they all ask him to do the hairball and then and then at the very end he's like this is what it would sound like in spanish uh i was floored <laughs> that he changed the hairball sound i just didn't it was so funny and you could tell that the the people that were interviewing him for the bit were genuinely laughing at him because he yeah. he just must have like he does on screen, but I can imagine that in person he must have such a, this like this charisma, like that just genuinely just brings laughter to people's face. You know, it's 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 really fun. it's it was fun to watch. Again, endearing. I feel like is the word of this movie. <laughs> yes, and like what's the name? Like Al Roker is like yep. just there being Al Roker. Like yeah, and like he he gets, finds a way to insert himself into a few things or whatever, but. And then just the whole script for the whole thing is just let Bill Murray be Bill Murray. Right. And then it's let Bill Murray be a badass in the ensuing clusterfuck of the beginning of the zombie outbreak. And he's just like dancing and like flowing from one part to the next. And I ain't afraid of no ghosts. Like, yeah, I ain't afraid of no ghosts. It's cracking. Oh, God. He saves one person. Oh, God. That's terrible over there. And. I gotta get out of here. Didn't he? Did he grab like a muffin or something at one point? Like, didn't he grab like a bite of food or something? Yeah, he might have. I'm pretty sure he grabbed a tray and wrecked one of them with it. He definitely did that. Oh my god, that was that was really silly. But again, the that was really funny. The Albuquerque Flagstaff thing could have been that that very funny reveal of a thing that you had no idea was coming. Yes. 
Um, the names weren't as big as Bill Murray, but I think the characters that they became were were just as big. You know what I mean? Like being yeah. the mirror image, the doppelgangers of the two. But uh, missed opportunity. They they blew it with the with the trailers, and they just need to stop doing that shit. Um, that's uh, I. What else you got? You have any any other notes? No, I think that was it. That was was there two credit scenes? There was. It was the it was the whole like zombie outbreak. And then the post post one was him doing the hairball in Spanish. Oh yeah, that's which right. is really just really silly. Well, that's all for this week's episode of Flicks in the Six. We hope you enjoyed it. As always, if you have nuggets for us to discuss or a movie for us to chat about, you can send those requests to Flicks in the Six at SpinTune.com or tweet us at the SpinTune. Tune in next week for more movie and beer goodness. Until then, I'm Anthony Costanzo. I'm Al Bielsa. Thanks for coming out. Yeah.